To another episode of Spill Eyes Together. Together. I'm Michelle. You're doing it right now. Can you just act like a human boy for one minute here? Look at me like a person. You can't do it for more than a few seconds. Look at me like a human boy. And I'm Harper. I'm gonna throw in a gremlin myself. Vegetable gremlin. And this is our December roundup. (laughs) Thanks, Howard Dean. So on this episode, we're going to be talking about all of the December movies we watched. Some good, some bad. Some we're skipping because we watched way too many movies. Um, And then for our mini segment this episode, we're going to be talking about our stats and resolutions. Oh, boy. Good and bad. I'm sure those resolutions will be so different from last year's because we did so good on this year's. Yeah, we'll have to say whether or not we made any of ours, which... I'm guessing we did not, (laughs) (laughs) but we'll make up some resolutions for next year, some better, better resolutions that we can actually complete. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, So we are going to dive straight in to our December roundup. (laughs) So first movie we watched was Village of the Damned, which came out in 1995 and directed by John Carpenter. (laughs) Uh, So this is the remake of the classic one we talked about last roundup. Yeah. And tagline, beware the children. That's good for all everyday Uh, use, really. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Just avoid children as much as you can. Um, So. They nasty. This one is about an American village is visited by some unknown life form, which leaves the women of the village pregnant. Nine months later, the babies are born. Uh Oh, and they all look normal, but it doesn't take the parents long to realize that the kids are not human or humane. Human. Human. More human than human. Starring Christopher Reeve, Kirstie Alley. Linda Kozlowski. Uh, Michael Pere, Meredith Salinger, Mark Hamill. Yeah. Uh, and probably a bunch of creepy kids who I don't know if they went on to be anything else. Oh, there was one. One yeah, kid was, was somebody. <clears throat> Man, I don't remember which one it was. It was Thomas Decker. Thomas Decker. He was in like the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. And yeah. uh, I think he might have been in some TV shows that we'd seen or something. I can't remember now. Is he in The Witcher, the singer dude? I think he might be, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it says he is a singer. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> so you're right. I think he might right. be, but we're too lazy to check IMDb. So we'll just talk about this. Village yeah. of the Damned. Um, What did you think? Well, this is my second time seeing it. Um, When was the last time you saw it? I mean, it was probably 15 years ago. Mm. Um, Is when I got a DVD that had like 
the thing and the DVD. Prince of Darkness and They Live and Village Name. It was the first time I had seen most of those was on that little yeah. DVD collection. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's not super great, but it's not bad, as bad as I remembered it being. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it hurts. It's worse in comparison to the original that we just watched, which is really great. Um, I don't know. I think the weird thing about it to me is that it's the, really the pacing is kind of the problem. It jumps forward so much in time and so often that you're like, you never get a chance to connect with any of the characters, really. Yeah. I um, don't really either. You don't really care about these people that are getting picked off by the kids that much because it's like you don't really know who they are. And I wasn't that engaged in the mystery, I guess. Be- maybe that also partially might just be because we've recently seen the original. But um, yeah, I don't know. And then I guess the only big thing this adds to the mythos is, is that there's that creepy scene with like the, the baby that didn't, uh, that was stillborn. Yeah. Uh, that you see later that's like an alien. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, but. Yeah, so my review's pretty similar. I was expecting a piece of garbage, which I don't think it's a piece of garbage. Um, And it's not as bad as people make it out to be, but compared to the first one, it's just not as interesting. And I feel like in all of Carpenter's films, this one is definitely like on the way, way down for his like usual high quality film storytelling um but it does have its moments yeah i mean it's not terrible like it's definitely not his worst movie by a long stretch it's just like the beginning of his worst Um, yeah it's certainly in the in the realm of like it's not as bad as ghosts of mars um and it's i don't know it's probably in the same range as like the ward i would say which is like not a bad movie just not a very interesting movie yeah um a lot of people die too, like constantly. Where I feel like the first one, you is less of a bombardment of how evil they are. I feel like it's more like, are they? It takes longer for them to be strictly evil. Yeah. And this is true. just like, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. Explosion, explosion, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. So, like, why would anybody not try to kill them earlier? Like, they're constantly killing people. <laughs> yeah, true. It is a little ridiculous. Yeah. And then Christopher Reeves' wife, uh, early on, She's like the first victim, sort of, and so is she the same one who puts her hand in the pot of the boiling yeah. water, and then she also like jumps off a cliff. Yeah, but it's like, why, why did they kill her? <laughs> like, I don't understand that part. Yeah, so it's not not as neat as the first one. No, agreed. So I gave it three stars. I did too. I don't think it's streaming, but just watch the first one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, so second film we watch is Action USA. USA, (laughs) USA. Which came out in 1989, directed by Jon Stewart, not the TV host. (laughs) (laughs) That would be pretty weird if he had. And tagline, an action explosion in the USA. That is awful. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny that that's the tagline. An action explosion? Whatever that That means. That doesn't make sense. So after her boyfriend is murdered by the gangsters whose diamonds he stole, a girl is protected by two FBI agents who plan to keep her from sharing the same fate. Starring a bunch of nobodies, maybe. Except. Except who? The main guy. Is it Gregory Scott Cummins? 
uh, or William William Hubbard Knight. Oh man, I don't know. Which Barry one. Murphy, Ross Hagen, Hoke Howell, it's William Gregory Smith, Scott Cummins, who okay. is Max Dad and Always Sunny. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but the whole gist with this movie is that it was made by stunt performers. Yes. Trying to show off their stunts. So there is a lot of action in the Action USA. It's true. Um, Plot-wise, there's not much going for it. And I feel like the title is misleading. What was the original title? It made way more sense. Oh, I, I have no idea It was idea something now. about like hidden diamonds or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was about like the diamonds. Or yeah. Um, yeah, but, I don't know. This yeah. one's weird because it's almost like it's just slightly too good to be like a really fun mm-hmm. bad movie, but but too bad to be an actual good movie. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere in that weird <laughs> no man's land. So you know, there are moments that are really bizarre, and the FBI agents and the bad guys are both like super inept and yeah. terrible, <laughs> terrible at what they do. Um, but the stunts are pretty good. Like, there's probably the best part of the movie. Um, there's like a car chase, and it causes this one car to go off the road, and the car like pretty slowly drives through like this little shack house, like a yeah. shanty house. And then that house explodes in a gigantic explosion <laughs> for what feels like no reason, basically. Yeah. But that's probably well, the best we, part. Of we movie. watched some of the extras and it was kind of for no reason. The town was like, hey, we can blow up this house yeah. if you want. Like where they're filming, they're like, okay, let's write in a scene where the house explodes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's so many explosions in this movie. Yeah. And it's funny too, because like, the dialogue is really corny, but it mm-hmm. actually feels pretty uh, in line with the like lethal weapon style blockbuster kind of movies that it's kind of aping, you know? Yeah. Like it's basically just as good as that. It kind of makes me feel like those kind of movies are, are worse <laughs> than, <laughs> than most people think because this is basically the same thing, mm-hmm. just with the less of a budget, and it works about as well for me. And a lot of the stunts are pretty good. There was some, a lot of like, Jumping off bridges jumps, and stuff. High jumps. Like some dude jumps off a like 10-story building. Oh, yeah. That was pretty that. dramatic. That was pretty cool. Someone drops from a helicopter. Stuff like that. A mm-hmm. uh, couple of random car chase explosion scenes. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to get action. You're just not going to get any of the USA part. <laughs> <laughs> the title's pretty apt, I guess. Yeah. I ended up giving it three stars. I did, too. It is streaming on Tubi. We love Tubi. 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 Okay. So next up is a new movie. We watched Bones and All. Bones and All. Which came out this year, directed by Luca Guadagnino. Boy, I just realized that the poster is like a heart. Yeah. Heart. A bloody heart. Uh, No tagline. So abandoned by her father, a young woman named Marin embarks on a... No tagline? No. Shouldn't it be like finger licking good? (laughs) (laughs) Is that good? Nice. Good idea. Uh Uh-oh. Harley's coming. She's mowing with her baby. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Let's continue. Okay. She's going to pop up again, though. So... Abandoned by her father, a young woman named Marin embarks on a thousand-mile odyssey through the back roads of America where she meets Lee, a disenfranchised drifter. But despite their best efforts, all roads lead back to their terrifying past into a final stand that will determine whether their love can survive their otherness. 
starring Taylor Russell, Timothy Chalamet, Mark Chalamet. <laughs> Mark Rylance, Anna Cobb, Andre Holland, Michael Stolberg, David Gordon Green for some reason, Jessica Harper, Chloe Savigny, Jack Horowitz. I totally didn't when we were watching the movie. I didn't recognize Chloe Savigny because I recognized her. I was like, <laughs> I was like, that sort of looks like her, but Chloe Savigny has hands. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> she does have. But no, hands. she really doesn't look. Uh, she looks very different than normal. <laughs> uh, and, but Jessica Harper, it was pretty cool to see her. Michelle Lino was like, "Is that the lady from the Suspiria?" Yeah, because this is the director of the Suspiria remake. Yeah, and she's um, also in that in a small part. And also, this didn't really sum up that these are cannibals. Yeah. <laughs> the synopsis. It's a cannibal movie. It's like certain people have this, They're like, eaters. eaters have to f- eat on human flesh or they go crazy or get sick or something. It seems but it like only basically affects a small just percentage. at a certain point, they, it gets the, like, uh, need for it gets so out of control that they will do it to like somebody they love or, or themselves or, or something. they'll hurt they'll yeah. do it in a way that will get caught or you know that's dangerous yeah. so they have to eat regularly and flesh. so these two lovebirds are just like kind of moving from coast to coast trying to find people to eat mm-hmm. <laughs> without getting caught <laughs> but also wanting a normal life except there are bad eaters and creepy eaters Mostly there they're, as well. they're mostly just creepy. <laughs> Very creepy. Real creepy. Um, anyway, yeah. This, I think, this is, I mean, I really love this, uh, first of all, just to yeah. say. Um, but uh, I think it's really cool that this is another uh, really great horror romance, of which there are mm-hmm. very few, I'd say. The Fly is one of the other few ones. Yeah. Um, I've never seen, like, Warm Bodies or anything, but it's probably similar to this. With Yeah. I mean, Spontaneous one is one that's pretty good. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one's definitely great in the same vein as The Fly, I think. Crimson Peak is not really a horror. It's a gothic romance. Yeah, but I mean, in the same, sort of Sorry. in the same anyway. Vein. That's okay. <laughs> um, but uh, I'd say also, this movie's just got a gazillion, not a gazillion, it's got really, really good performances all through it, which I think is the strongest thing about it. Yeah, we don't usually like Timothy Chalamet. Well, he's fine. He always just plays the same person. Yes. And this one, he actually felt like a different person. So that was yeah. good, an improvement. <laughs> yeah, I think he's actually pretty good in this. I think Taylor Russell, is that her name? Yeah. Is great. Really, really great. Mm-hmm. And Mark Rylance is insanely good yeah he's very uh, he goes from unnerving to terrifying very gradually and he was like in a really clever <laughs> in a really good way um and yeah i thought the dialogue was really good the script so the script was pretty well written and stuff the cinematography's gorgeous and At- the music uh-huh, i was gonna let you do that one it's trent reznor right atticus and ross yeah i really love the music for this which the whole film is very like quiet subtle like romance um but yeah the music really plays into that and it's also just like american west like road tripping so i liked it yeah um yeah but this is definitely one of my top favorite films from the year i agree me too um and i feel like i'll definitely rewatch it again my only issue i think i wanted a little more backstory into kind of the other people 
like the um, other eaters that they meet along the way. I kind of like that you only get like these little snippets of like yeah. these other people. And I do like too how both of the main characters, both of their stories are unfold. Their paths are unfolded really gradually throughout the whole movie. Like mm-hmm. you get her story really slowly through this message that her dad recorded on a tape recorder. That's true. I did like that part. And, um, and Timothy Chalamet's character, you basically just kind of, he's kind of hiding like his whole past, this whole, this traumatic event that happened with him and his dad. Yeah. Um, and you slowly kind of start to learn about how this may or may not get passed down yeah. from a parent and that kind of thing. And it's just, I really like the way it's very like subtle in the way, like you don't get all, all the answers up front. Like it goes, yeah. it takes through the whole movie for you to kind of learn everything. And there's some, it's really creepy and tense in some scenes. Mm-hmm. And I think the ending is pretty brutal. I won't spoil it. Yeah, it is. It's like, it is. like very gory too. Um, but yeah, I gave this four stars, but I would maybe bump it up to four and a half I gave it now four that I've half. like let it simmer for a while. <laughs> yeah, I did four and a half. I, I really liked it quite a bit. It's definitely one of my favorites of the year. And I don't feel like a lot of people have been talking about it. Yeah, I agree. Sucks. It has not gotten a lot of attention. I think it's already gone from theaters. Definitely. It was only in for like two weeks. Thanks, Avatar. Also, this takes place in like the 80s too, which it took me a while to realize what time period it yeah, was. Yeah, well, the trailer did not, I don't think the trailer <laughs> yeah. made that very clear. We didn't no. know that going into it for sure. Um, but yeah, this is definitely worth seeing. I it's not as confusing as his Suspiria movie. At least you don't need to know German history to that appreciate it. There's a lot less German history in yeah. this one. Until this one does not pop up at any moment. And, well, unless <laughs> she we secretly of. played Timothy Chalamet, she could have. <laughs> so yeah, we like this one. Go see it. Yeah, we did. All right. Next movie is another new movie for the year, and that is Triangle of Sadness, directed by Ruben Osland, which came out this year. Mm -hmm. No tagline, but models Carl and Yaya are invited for a luxury cruise with a rogues gallery of super rich passengers. At first, all appears Instagrammable, but the cruise ends catastrophically, and the group find themselves marooned on a desert island. So, starring Harris Dickinson, Charles B. Dean, Salashko Burek, um, Woody Harrelson, some other people. I don't. I don't really remember anyone else that looked familiar. No, I agree. Um, and this is the same person who did the Square and Force Majeure. Did you mention Dolly De Leon? No. She plays Abigail, and I think if we did a if we oh, yeah. if we did an episode on our Oscar, what we wanted to get nominated, she'd be on there for supporting actress for <laughs> yeah. me, for sure. Um. So yeah, this is what did you think? Um, I like this a lot actually. Um, I think Oslin. We didn't mention what else he's done. He did like I Force Majeure. Oh, you did. You said Force Majeure and the, the Square, square. Mm-hmm. and. I thought there was that's one all I said. One. But maybe that's <laughs> it. Okay, anyways. Uh, I think he's one of the best social critic filmmakers we've got mm-hmm. right now. And uh, this movie, he just kind of, he totally just makes fun of the upper class in a very, very funny, hilarious, vicious way. Yeah. <laughs> Again, which is always <laughs> fun. Um, I felt like the movie was a little too long. 
uh, for especially for like a comedy. But uh, and and partially that's because the movie's kind of split up into three parts. There's like the op- where there's an intro that's really funny that I do like and like a modeling casting call. And but then there's like the first part of the movie is uh, Carl and Yaya like getting into a big fight like just at home about money about money. Yeah, and then there's um. Then they're them on the cruise, mm-hmm. which is f- very funny and ridiculous and goes crazy with the whole barfing scene. <laughs> and then there's the part when they're marooned on the desert island, which is, I think, probably the best part of the movie. I liked when everything goes wrong on the cruise ship to, to the end with yeah. the desert island. Is the whole thing on the desert island is that they very quickly realize that all the people, the survive. There's like six or seven survivors, yeah, and all of them, including the crew of the ship and the the guests, are like uh, totally inept and have mm-hmm. no practical skills, survival <laughs> skills at all. Um, and the only per- they depend completely on this woman Abigail, who was like a cleaning lady. cleaning lady on yeah. the ship, who can actually like fish and cook and forage and like Make knows a fire. So yeah. suddenly she's like the queen of the island. Yeah, and she makes some matriarchy system. Yeah. Um, which <laughs> is all the really, women rule. Yeah, <laughs> it's really entertaining and and fun to watch. Yeah. Um. So that's pretty awesome. So I I liked it a lot. I don't know if I liked it. I might like it better than the square or force. Machine. I think I sure. like this more than the square because the square, it's like you have to know more of the art world to appreciate the jokes. That's and this true. is like, everyone can make fun of rich people. Like it's easy. Um, That's true. So I thought the dark humor and all of the digs at how stupid rich people are landed better than the square. Yeah. Um, and I also thought it was, there is, it's a little long and some parts drag. Um, maybe some stuff's too on the nose, but for the most part, I really liked it. Yeah, it's pretty funny. You get a great long montage of people vomiting and being on themselves <laughs> during a storm. It's true. They all, it gets messy. It gets very messy. <laughs> people fall downstairs, etc. Yeah. That part's pretty funny. And you get a drunk Woody Harrelson throughout, so pretty much also yeah. great. He's pretty hammered throughout the whole movie. <laughs> I ended up giving it four stars. I did four stars too. It's not currently streaming, but I bet it will be soon. Yeah. Okay, so next up, we watched Coraline, which I have never seen before. Um, it came out in two thousand nine, directed by Henry Selleck. Be careful what you wish for. I'm not going to read this very long synopsis, but it's about a young girl who moves to a new house and there's something creepy behind the walls where there's this other dimension. Other mother. Other mother reality where monster mother. Basically, (laughs) her parents are like too busy to pay her any attention in the real world. And so she kind of escapes into what seems like just like a fantasy world where it seems like her mom and dad are like very cool and very loving and pay a lot of attention to her. And, uh, yeah. all, all the stuff seems really nice, but it's like, but you know, you could stay here forever if you let me put mm-hmm. buttons in your yeah, eyes, like the all. rest of us. Like <laughs> let me the, yeah. put some buttons in there. <laughs> um, and then there's like creepy ghost children who are warning her. Yeah. And a like, cat that talks. So. Mm-hmm. Um, also, yeah, the voices, Dakota Fanning, Terry Hatcher, Keith David is the cat. Yeah. Jennifer, for Saunders, Ian McShane, Don French, Robert Bailey Jr. Just a lot of people. Yeah, it's a good voice cast. 
Um, yeah, we watched this. We didn't mention Nightmare Before Christmas, but we watched that as part of the holiday season. Yeah. And realized that um, Michelle had never seen Coraline, and I had only seen it once, probably almost 10 years ago, yeah. I guess, right after it came out. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I, I liked it. Um, it's not as good as uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, but the animation's really great. The story's pretty unique. Yeah. I like the creature design, super creepy. Yeah, I'm kind of mixed on it. I agree. It's not as good as, like, watching Nightmare Before Christmas right before this was probably a bad idea. Because, like, who, nothing could beat that. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's just so good. So, I feel like it doesn't have the same magic or spark as that one. Um, But this one is way creepier. And I feel like it's definitely more of, like, a horror movie than, definitely. like, a kid's it's moral really, of the story it's movie. It's super dark. The opening Very credits dark. are really <laughs> creepy and yeah. dark. And then it's all about, like, you're abandoning your parents for better, like, child abuse. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's uh, like this is dark This scenes. is not a movie you'd want to watch with a little kid, for sure. Yeah. Whereas Nightmare Before Christmas, you definitely could. Moody teenage middle schooler, sure. Yeah. But not a little kid. <laughs> um, but yeah, the stop motion is always, I always enjoy every stop motion movie we watch. So yeah. that's probably the best part. Yeah, no, this is it's pretty good. Um, I ended up giving it three and a half stars. I did too. Well, we're just we the same today. Sync. Okay. So next movie is a new movie. No! It's a horror movie. You better believe it. <laughs> Christmas Bloody Christmas. Directed by Joe Bagos. You did Joe it. Bagos. <laughs> Joe Bagos. Joe <laughs> Bagos. Tagline. You better not cry. Um... So, synopsis. Is, it's Christmas Eve and Tori just wants to get drunk and party. But when a ro- robotic Santa Claus at a nearby toy store goes haywire and begins a rampant killing spree through her small town, she's forced into a battle for survival. Starring Riley Dandy, Sam Delick, Jonah Ray, Dora Madison, Jeff Daniel Phillips, and Abraham Bunroby. So yeah, killer robotic Santa Claus movie. It's I did, okay. <laughs> I did think it was funny when we looked up the main girl that the only movie, basically the only movie she's ever been in, the other ones are all like Hallmark Christmas movies. Yeah. <laughs> and then this one is a very like uh, bloody and foul-mouthed Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah. So we ended up watching a few like Christmas-themed ones this year. Mm-hmm horror movies this one's not as good as some others we've seen it's okay it's fine and it has enjoyable moments but um it doesn't take advantage of the killer santa robot enough i agree that was the main problem i had with it um is yeah it's like for most of the movie it might as it could just be a guy in a santa suit that's really quiet that doesn't really talk as he's killing people like there's nothing to make it like take advantage of the robot part until like the last act of the movie. Yeah. Like I kept waiting for like, okay, when's his face going to get ripped off and it's going to be like, yeah, they should have ripped his face off really early. That happens kind of later in the movie or yeah. Like where's the laser eyes? Where's the like Mm -hmm. missiles coming out, shooting out of his hands, you know, like, you know, yeah. Also, this has one too many endings. And where's the Santa vision point of view with uh, naughty radar? That's what I was looking for. (laughs) Naughty radar. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, this kind of dragged because it felt like there was a, okay, it's over. Okay, it's over. Okay, it's over. Yeah. And it's like, it's not over. It's never over. Um, but this is also the director who did VFW and Bliss. And mm-hmm. so stylistically, you're going to get a very neon, no yeah. white light exists anywhere in this world of his. <laughs> At least in this movie, there's sort of a reason for it. Like it's yeah. mostly lit by Christmas lights, mm-hmm. but it's still, obviously it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Visually, it's good, like on the eyeballs. <laughs> Mostly, yeah, a lot of ways. But yeah, it it's makes very the movie ridiculous. Too, like, too grainy and hard to see detail, which would be great for some of these kills are really cool in this yeah. movie, and they're hard to see because of the lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then also the characters are just curse nonstop, so you don't really get to know anything about them. <laughs> yeah, they're they're all pretty annoying. I, yeah. I would agree. I, I, my my friend Mark. All the movies he's makes, it's always like I wouldn't want to know these people in real life. Yeah, <laughs> like, blessed in particular. Yeah. VFW, the characters are a little bit more likable. Yeah. But yeah, in this one, um, my friend Mark wrote in his review that like uh, having characters list off horror movie names mm. is not a substitute for character development, <laughs> <laughs> which I I mostly agree with. I did like I thought it was kind of funny to have the concept because everyone has a friend like this, especially if you're into horror, uh, who their favorite of every horror franchise is the worst movie in that franchise. <clears throat> Tori. <laughs> my my friend Tori is like that. And it's funny that this character is, I think, is also Tori. But yeah, I like that one when they're like, uh, he's like naming the franchises mm-hmm. and like her favorites were like uh, Halloween 6, Curse of Michael Myers and like yeah. Hellraiser 3. And yeah, it was funny. And then trying to justify it. Yeah, Freddy's dead. Like, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. It, I mean, it's fun in that way if you're like, oh, look, they're talking about movies I know. Yeah. You know, but that gets old after a little while. Yeah. Um, And then also, I feel like it was bad timing because they also had that like Violent Night movie that just came out too. It's yeah. kind of very similar. But we'll talk about later in the episode a, a good Christmas horror movie oh, that we yes, both we liked. Yes, we so, will. I gave this three stars. I did too. And it's streaming on Shudder. Okay, so next movie, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Forever. <laughs> which came out 2022, directed by Ryan Coogler. Tagline, forever. <laughs> That's dumb. Is that really what it is? That's what it says. You can't. Yeah, job definitely. <laughs> That's a dumb tagline. Um, Queen Ramonda, Shuri, Mbaku, Okio. How do you say it? Okoye? Okoye. Okoye. And the Dora Malaji fight to protect their nation from intervening world powers in the wake of King Tahala's death. Tahala's death. Boy. <laughs> As the Wakandans strive to embrace their next chapter, the heroes must band together with the help of war dog Nakia and Everett Ross and forge a new path for the kingdom of Wakanda. Boy. There was a lot I didn't like about this movie. <laughs> yeah, so obviously, um, uh, what's his name? Chadwick Boseman passed away, and for some reason, they decided to make this movie really, really quickly instead of just giving it another two years well, and figure something else out. And I honestly don't even have a problem with them making it fast, but don't make it about his death. That's so tasteless. They actually like, the pull most, in cancer for it. It's like yeah, they this really, mysterious disease he died they from. They really could, like, I think 
anybody, I, I mean, not to speak for the dead, but like, yeah. I feel like Chadwick Boseman would have wanted them to just recast the role. My God. Maybe. I don't Instead know. Instead of having to like do these weird, uh, you know, Funeral jump through hoops scenes, and stuff to try yeah. and make it fit what happened in real life. Um, I mean, it'd be like if, I mean, as bad as Rise of Skywalker was in trying to cut around um, Carrie Fisher's death, it's like, it'd be like if they had just like had Carrie Fisher die off screen in between the two movies, yeah. <laughs> had Leia die <laughs> off screen. I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, so you already start off before we even see the movie. There's two major problematic pieces. That is kind of weird and tasteless. That what we already said. Mm-hmm. And then also we know that, uh, what's her name? Um, Latita, Wright. Letitia Wright is like, has gross anti-vax views and stuff. And she's playing a science character. Yeah. And spoiler. She's the new black Panther. <laughs> um, so that's kind of gross. Anyways. Or is she, because you get the stupid end credit scene. Yeah, that's the end credit scene. is pretty dumb. <sighs> so, spoiler, end credit scene. Mystery, oh, secret baby that's like eight years old now. Chadwick Jr. Between Chadwick's character and Lupita Nyong'o's character. It's like, what the hell, guys? <laughs> this is so, such a bad idea. Yeah. I was so mad when that scene popped up. I was like, are you guys kidding around. me? This is but so dumb. Even <laughs> taking away those two, like, really problematic bit, like, uh, you know, real world bits of it. If you didn't know anything about any of that or whatever, it's just kind of boring. Like the movie's not. It very is good. boring. It's just very the same stuff. If like the first Black Panther felt like an original step away from like some of the other it was Marvel a stuff. Movie that actually had like a really intelligent thematic point yeah. to it. And then this is just Avengers or whatever. Every other Marvel movie, it's well, like oh, we have to run at each other and fight now yeah, instead of making it original. It's outrageously too long. I mean, it's Definitely. almost three hours long, which is ridiculous. Did it did not, not need, need to be that, that long. Time. And um, there's just so much stuff in here that is not at all necessary. Like. Mm-mm. Including ever like ooh Everett Ross, we all love him. Like Martin Freeman, like who cares? He did not need to be in. This he didn't for need to be in the movie, reason. and even less than him, they bring in Julia Louis Dreyfus as his boss. She didn't need to be which in it. Has I mean, <laughs> first of all, that character serves no purpose whatsoever, and second of all, why waste Julia Louis, Dr- Julia Louis Dreyfus is awesome, and that yeah. role is so. There's nothing to do in that role. There's it's nothing, very odd nothing funny or awkward. cool for her to do. It's such a waste. And then they have a whole new character who's like like this super smart science engineer girl. Yeah. And it's like, what was the point of having her? You just she bring was, her to Wakanda to make something, an Iron be, Man suit, which they could have already oh, made. All of that stuff too. It's just like, oh, everybody in the Marvel Universe yeah. is just going to have an Iron Man suit now? It's just well, like plus the they're already making superhero suits without her there. Like, what are you t- doing? Um, well, yeah, that seems to be in whatever, whatever I've lost track now, whatever Marvel yeah. phase we're in now. Uh, that seems to be the thing is they introduce these young female characters as just like plot devices. Yeah. Cause Dr. Strange had the same mm-hmm. thing with, uh, America Chavez. Is that, is that her name? I think so. Um, just, yeah, these female characters that basically only are there to, to support the plot. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, there's just all kinds of issues with this. I really did not enjoy it, and I would not watch it again. I will never watch it again. It's so disappointing because I liked the first one so much, yeah, and they true. just like totally banked on his death to make money. Here's off a question this. Has there been, a, in, in any of the like Marvel franchises, has there ever been a good second movie? Because Iron Man 2 sucks. 
uh guardians of the galaxy thor 2 sucks, sucks. <laughs> thor 2 sucks and basically <laughs> thor ragnarok 2 also sucks <laughs> kind of yeah thor thor 3 was okay <laughs> yeah uh uh what are the other sequels ant-man 2 i'd hardly remember so i don't know yeah I always the second avengers the movie is not great yeah. age of old it's like they can't do second maybe movies. captain america yeah, that's true. That's probably the only Winter one. Soldier is better than the first. <laughs> than whatever. Well, I like the first both of called. them. Pretty yeah, I mean, first equally. Avengers pretty good, but uh, but yeah, they just don't know what to do with sequels. They just go yeah, back to like studio large, formula. By and large, all the second movies of all their characters are pretty. And terrible. then this one, they're just cramming in so many different characters. So like, oh, we gotta bring that person back for five minutes of screen time. Yeah, it's yeah, comic I, I relief agree. right here. Like. Why? Yeah, it's all over the place and just not very good. Yeah, I will say Angela Bassett's probably the best part of this movie. Mm -hmm. Her whole performance is great, but yeah, that's about it. You want to spoil spoil where you were going with that? I won't spoil okay. it. <laughs> Even Lapita doesn't get stuff. She's an Oscar winner, and yeah. you are underutilizing Lapita. <laughs> I've been talking about since the day Black Panther came out. I wanted them to make deny Guerrera yeah. a bigger part of it and instead she's just in some dumb super suit or something yeah it's, really it's a really bad design too it it's like what it's they lampshade it by having her character say it looks stupid too and it's like yeah, yeah that it doesn't mean stupid. it doesn't look actually look stupid <laughs> yeah it's pretty bad anyway so not a fan really thought it was bad Gave it two and a half stars. I did too. Yeah, guys. Christmas Bloody Christmas is better than yeah. Black Panther 2. How about that? <laughs> so don't know where they're going with this franchise, but I probably am done with Marvel. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, mostly. I keep saying that. I'm like, I'm starting to miss the shows and the movies and I'm still alive. I'm still okay. <laughs> so True. it's like, I think I can cut them out now. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was Black Panther. Don't see it. So, next movie is Needful Things, which came out in 1993, directed by Fraser Clark Heston. Buy now, pay later. <gasps> it should say, with your soul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, so, Needful <laughs> Things is about a mysterious new shop which opens in a small town. Guess which one? Which always seems to stock the deepest Castle desires. Rock! <laughs> The deepest desires of each shopper with a price whoa, whoa, far whoa. heavier than expected. Next, you're going to tell me this movie takes place in Maine. I think it does. <laughs> yeah, so this is a Stephen King adaptation um, starring Max Van Seidel, Ed Harris, Bonnie Bedelia, Amanda Plumer, J.T. Walsh, Ray McKinnon, Duncan Frazier, probably some random people. Don S. Davis. Sure. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this is a Stephen King short story or I think it's a book. I have not read the book. No, I haven't either. But it's basically Satan moves into town and Satan starts runs. collecting souls Look, guys, while giving them everything they desire. This movie, the tagline ought to be, um, don't support small business. Yeah. <laughs> um, go to Walmart, save your soul. <laughs> so 
It's by no means a great film, but I think it is a solid Stephen King movie in the realm of Stephen King movies. (laughs) No, yeah, I think it's kind of in the middle range of like these random, less known Stephen King adaptations. Like we've seen worse Mm -hmm. for sure. We sure have. Uh, But obviously it's nowhere anywhere close to the best ones. And I think a lot of that has to do with Max von Sydow. He really really plays his role super well. Oh, he's clearly having a ball. Very manipulative, very creepy and also very sweet and nice. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's kind of fun. And um, I mean, I think the best thing this movie has going for it is that it moves really fast. Yeah. The pacing is very quick. Um, so you never really have time to get bored because there's just no. always something crazy happening. Yeah, so you kind of get like all these weird little side things that would, lots of characters throughout the town like going, pulling pranks on other people that's going to piss someone off thinking that somebody else did it. Yeah. So it's very like, puzzle piece together <laughs> yeah it's a lot of these like uh, starting out anyways it's a lot of these little like kind of seemingly harmless pranks that like slowly make the town like start to destroy itself yeah so it gets very kind of chaotic cool very fast the only problem that i find it's very odd that like ed harris's character feels like he was supposed to be like the main character trying to unravel stuff but until like the last 30 minutes, he doesn't do anything. Well, and he doesn't really solve the problem. He doesn't, yeah. He just has like one big monologue and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think I read in the trivia or something that in the original script that he's the one who like defeats <laughs> and, or maybe in the book defeats uh, Max von Sydow's character. But yeah, in the movie, it's like one of the other guys like kind of goes crazy and wins. Yeah. Bonus, though, you get a lot of explosions. Yep, that's what I wrote. <laughs> I said the ending is not particularly satisfying, but it has a giant explosion. Yeah. So, so yeah. Giant um, explosion. <laughs> so, I don't know if I'd watch it anytime soon <laughs> no. or ever so again. Kino Lorber. How weird is yeah. that? I forgot. We rented it. But I do think it's worth seeing if you're a Stephen King fan. I mean, I have no idea yeah. how it compares to the actual novel, so... Yeah, could I mean, be it's awful. A, it's a fun movie. It's not one I'd like, you know, go out and yeah. dine to like recommend to people. It's like a TV movie. It's fine. I liked it. I gave it three stars. I did too. It's not currently streaming. All right. So now we're about to get into a crazy concoction of movies <laughs> that I picked for my birthday marathon. Oh, snap. <laughs> Because I'm old. I just want to watch movies all day and not see anybody and eat cake and stuff. <laughs> You're as old as me for the next two months. Yay! Live with it. <laughs> all right. So I started our little marathon with a movie from our childhood called Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Is this a sequel to Incredible Shrinking Man? No. This came out in 1989, directed by Joe Johnston. The most astonishing, innovative backyard adventure of all time. Hmm. It's true. The scientist father of a teenage girl and boy accidentally shrinks his and two other neighborhood teens to the size of insects. Now the teens must fight diminutive dangers as the father searches for them. And mother. Don't cut her yeah. out. Come on, y'all. The parents search for them. So, starring Rick Moranis, Matt Furrer, <laughs> Marcia Strassman, Christine Sutherland, Thomas Wilson Brown, Jared Rustin, Amy O'Neill, Robert Olivery, and Carl Steven. Um, so I have not seen this movie in like at least 20 years, maybe more, 25 years. Who knows? 
And I was pleasantly surprised that it still held up. And it wasn't like super outdated or offensive or anything. (laughs) Um, And then the visual effects, I think, are still probably the best part going for this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I like when they make giant props of little things. (laughs) Yes. And the giant ant they ride and like the blades of grass, they slide down. The fight, the stop motion fight between the ant and the uh, scorpion. Yeah. So, yeah, I really enjoy all of that. Water drops falling down. And it looks good. Yeah. It's, I mean, this is still super solid. I mean, this is a movie that I loved when I was a kid. Yeah. And this movie, along with some others that we've watched and stuff, it's like, it's not at all surprising that every kid our age growing up wanted to be an inventor at one point or another. Yeah. Because all these movies (laughs) make it seem so cool. It does. Like you just stick like a colander with with an antenna yeah. on it, and you've got time travel. Yeah, time like travel. That's basically what I thought when I was a kid. Um, I need more Rick Moranis, though. He is kind of a bad father in this movie. He's terrible. <laughs> but that's kind of the point, is like, you know, yeah. he kind of earns back the wife's trust, because they're like on the verge of separating, it seems like, at the beginning. Yeah. And same with like the neighbors, the neighbor's kid, uh, the son and dad like are not getting along and, you know, doesn't want to be a football player. He learns that his dad loves him no matter what because he like shrinks himself to to test it out. (laughs) So it's got some good, good moral lessons. Also, you get giant dog noses smelling stuff, which is always great. Yeah. Lots of, I wrote this movie has loads of goofy dad humor and kids with tood. Kids with tood. <laughs> you gotta love kids with tood. Um, so yeah, I really liked it. I think it's still a good kids movie. Yeah, I agree. And I gave it three and a half stars. I gave it four stars. How about wow. that? Wow. And it's streaming on Disney. Disney Plus. So the next movie no one will have ever heard about because it's obscure. <laughs> and that is Clifford, not the Big Red Dog. Which came out in 1994, directed by Paul Flaherty. This is a long tagline. What's the difference between Clifford and a Pipple? One will tear your heart out, scare your friends, and wreck your house. The other one is a dog. <laughs> oh. Um. So when his brother asks him to look after his young son, Clifford, Martin Daniels agrees, taking the boy into his home and introducing him to his future wife, Sarah. Clifford is fixated on the idea of visiting Dinosaur World, and Martin, an engineer who helped build the park, makes plans to take him. But when Clifford reveals himself to be a first-rate brat, his uncle goes bonkers, and a loony intergenerational standoff ensues. Weird, weird, weird. (laughs) Yeah. So this stars Martin Short and Charles Grodin and Mary Steenberger. Dabney Coleman, Richard Kine, and Jennifer Savage. Um, and Ben Savage. Uh, <laughs> so this is like a comedy that will never, ever get made ever again. Because it's just Martin Short pretending to be a 10-year-old so for weird. real. It's so weird. And so unsettling. <laughs> and it's not like in the Pee-wee version. Because like it's like he is an adult. Just with a child's mind, and this is like he's literally he's Martin Short, like just on his old. knees walking yeah. around. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So this always felt like this weird, distant fever dream that only me and my sister <laughs> like remembered that this movie existed. Yeah. Uh, so I really wanted to rewatch it on my birthday because you had never seen it or heard of it, and we just I've had this. We had this great Charles Grodin a thon last year That's true. or well, throughout the, the year. Grodin a Yeah, we Grodin really liked him in a couple movies we watched recently. <laughs> yeah. So I think Charles Grodin is definitely the best part in this. His dry humor yes. is top notch. He's very funny in this. And Martin Short trying to play a convincing 10-year-old boy is just creepy, but it's in so the, creepy. a good way. <laughs> that I don't know if I agree with you about. <laughs> the Charles Grodin stuff, yes. Um, but yeah, all the Charles Grodin stuff is great. And then Mary Sternberg is just kind of playing like, oh, she's kind of one-dimensional. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she just wants kids, and Charles Grodin won't commit. <laughs> Come on, it's just a woman. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there are two there are three really funny scenes I wanted to mention that uh, okay. I think were genuinely funny that I've thought They'll about. They'll probably a lot. use them for our quote. So one of them, <laughs> so uh he has a, he's Charles Grodin's drinking a Bloody Mary and Clifford replaces it with hot sauce, yeah. just pure hot sauce. And he takes a sip and then he's like giving a toast and he takes a sip and then the first thing he says right after he sips it, he's like <laughs> like his voice is super deep because he drank the hot sauce. Uh, and then Michelle's favorite scene, there's one where he's like, just look at me like a, a, a boy, a human boy. <laughs> you can't do it. Just look at me like a human boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the other one is like a real throwaway joke that I thought was funny. Uh, when Mary Steenberger is like, uh, how, you know, how was that yesterday? Did you guys have fun? And she was like, he, he Clifford is like, uh, I had to spend the day with scary Uncle Martin. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, she's like, what? And then she gets pulled away really quick. It's really, yeah. this is really funny when he says it. I also like, um, oh, dang it. Oh, when Mary Stern was asking what uh, his nephew's name is, he's like, I want to say Mason. It's like, yeah, Mason. <laughs> Clinton. Yeah, he keeps getting his name wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just them playing off each other is really funny. And it is great. Fun. Charles Grodin is awesome. Yeah. Love so him. without Charles Grodin, this movie doesn't work. Agreed. hundred <laughs> percent. He has the right humor for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's also very hard to find, <laughs> so you can never watch it. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on Clifford? Are you glad we watched Clifford? Yeah. Are you glad you experienced this? Yes. <laughs> Good. That was funny. Okay. I give it three stars. I did too. <laughs> it's good to watch occasionally, but I'll just watch that human boy scene. Uh-huh. Yeah. Instead of the whole movie. Yeah. Also, I did read in the trivia though, that Steven Spielberg contacted them about the dinosaur theme park stuff. Oh yeah. Don't know if it was true or not. Yeah. Also, Charles Grodin said this is his favorite movie he ever made. That's pretty funny and weird. Yeah. But we got to watch Beethoven next year. Yeah. I keep forgetting he's the second. dad in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Clifford is not streaming, but I like it. It actually was streaming on HBO like six months ago. You don't have to keep. Uh, so it could come back, but it'll probably disappear because it. it's not going to be HBO anymore. All right, that was Clifford. Next movie, Matinee, which came out in 1993, directed by oh, man. Joe Dante. <laughs> <laughs> He's becoming our man. He is. Um, tagline, Lawrence Woolsey presents the end of civilization as we know it. Make that proudly presents. <laughs> That's okay. It's all right. <laughs> so, 
So Matinee is about a showman who introduces a small coastal town to a unique movie experience and capitalizes on the Cuban Missile Crisis hysteria with the kitschy horror extravaganza combining film effects, stage props, and actors in rubber suits in this salute to the B-movie. Ugh, it's basically, a bunch of chocolate. Basically a movie about <laughs> William Castle. And it stars John Goodman, Kathy Moriarty, Simon Fenton, Omri Katz, Lisa Jacob, Kelly Martin, Jesse Lesofer, Lucinda... J- I don't know. Who else is in this? Robert Picardo. I don't feel like I recognize that many people besides one or two of the kids. One of the kids is from Hocus Pocus, the virgin who lights the black candle. Uh, Lisa Jacob <laughs> is from Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. The movie theater manager is in Star Trek. Hmm. Um, I mean, Dick Miller, we know, of course. And who who's John Goodman again? Was he from? I think he's in that uh, that arachnophobia movie. Oh yeah, we talked about that on a previous episode. <laughs> also, I might have heard our coughing kitty coming this way again. Well, we'll keep an ear out. But so this movie. <clears throat> we have become a big Joe Dante fan. Um, the Burbs has been one of our favorites for a while. And, uh, I, well, we'll talk about another one of his later that yeah. we watched this month. Um, the Howling has always been like a iffy one for me. Kind of like it kind of Howling does. is iffy. What else of his do we really like? I'm trying to remember. Gremlins one. Yeah. Small soldiers. <laughs> no, I used to love Small Soldiers. Like I haven't seen Piranha. Yeah, I still haven't either. Uh, I don't see anything else on. I I guess the Twilight Zone, the movie, he has a segment in that. I don't know which, don't know which segment is his. I don't know. Not the one that got a bunch of people killed, though. Uh, don't remind me. <laughs> Let's talk about Matt and I. Okay. Matt and I. <laughs> He creates a movie called Mant, where a man turns into an ant. A man ant. And it's really funny. It is really funny. So you get a movie within a movie, and you get a movie theater within a movie theater within... <laughs> yeah. Um, I was surprised I'd never heard of this before. I don't really remember why I saw it trending. Yeah. Maybe it was like a new Blu-ray release or something, and I was like, this sounds right up our alley. So it got added to the birthday extravaganza. Um, I really love the 50s atomic age of horror and just the pure love of going to the movies throughout. Yeah, yeah this movie has a lot in common with another one we really like called Popcorn, which yeah. is, I can't remember if we talked about that in the last episode or not, but um, or at some point in the past. But yeah, Popcorn's another one where it's about like a movie marathon at a theater where they do like all this like kitschy. They shuck you. Yeah. They zap like, you. <laughs> you know, in theater effects. And like, yeah, that's a big part of this movie. But I really like how they tie that into like, why horror mo- like Woolsey's defense of horror movies is pretty brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's all about, you know, like people need to have a scare that they know they can come away safe from when there's yeah. like a big scary world in the real world outside the theater. Um, the One of the other things I really liked about this movie, the more I thought about it was that, you know, there are a lot of movies that really capitalize on like, if you're like a weirdo as a young person, like how lonely that is and how awful it is and whatever and how depressing. And this movie kind of takes the opposite approach and it celebrates like being a weirdo as a young person and how fun it is to like embrace like a new obsession, like a movie, like, you know, horror movies or like find, find other people at the school who also 
are obsessed with horror movies and, and force them to the go. expert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's really, really cool. I really liked how it kind of subverted that, um, trope. Mm-hmm. Um, John Goodman was great in this. Oh yeah. I mean, Perfect he's always casting. Good. I don't know if he's ever been bad in a movie. I don't know. Probably not. What's your favorite John Goodman performance? Well, I'm going to have to pull up the John Goodman Wikipedia. Let's see. I mean, Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you like Barton Fink. Yeah, that's probably my favorite. Um, you don't listen. Man, I've seen him in a lot of stuff. Those two are probably the best. 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, really who's good. good in that? He's got a lot of movies on here. No Brother, Where Art Thou? <laughs> Raising Arizona, Atomic Blonde, Argo, Inside Lewin Davis, Kong Sky, Skull Island. Oh, that's right. He's really good in that. He too. does a lot of voices for like Monsters Inc. and Cars and uh, Princess and the Frog. Paranorman, he's a voice. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, we like John Goodman. Who doesn't? <laughs> um, I ended up giving this four stars. I did too. And it's not streaming, but you can rent it from Videodrome. Yeah, you sure can. <laughs> All right. Next on the list, we watched... We continued the birthday extravaganza. And the Atomic Age uh, theme mm-hmm. <laughs> with Blast from the Past, which came out in 1999, directed by Hugh Wilson. She'd never met anyone like him. He's never met anyone, period. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a good tagline. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, following a bomb scare in the 1960s that locked the Webbers into their bomb shelter for 35 years, Adam now ventures forth into Los Angeles to obtain food and supplies for his family and a non-mutant wife for himself. Non-mutant. Starring Brendan Fraser, Alicia Silverstone, Christopher Walken, Sissy Spacek, Nathan Fillion, and Dave Foley. So good cast. Yeah. Very 90s cast. Yes. <laughs> um... I haven't seen this for a really, really long time, and I think it's slightly too long for a rom-com. Definitely. But you do really need the whole beginning, which I think is where most of the time eats up. Yeah, the there's like a time. good half hour of like the setup of like him growing up in the bomb shelter. Yeah, and how crazy his parents are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hot Dr. Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> Boiling hot. Um, and then Christopher Walken is the right amount of weird... Throughout, mm-hmm. and Brendan Fraser, I think, is a good leading man in this. Yeah. I thought it was, um, uh, like, it was fun to set, to have um, Brendan Fraser as, like, the endearingly wholesome guy yeah. set a- against the uh, super cynical Alicia Silverstone in this. Yeah. She's just like, you know, everybody sucks, so I only date, like, terrible men. <laughs> like, you know. It was the 90s. Yeah. And also how scary L.A. is at night. <laughs> yeah. Which is, again, another kind of, like, clueless. And yeah. I, I love how they all these movies uh, make fun of, you know, L.A. is, like, a hell on earth. <laughs> um, so, yeah. It, I agree that it's a little bit too long. And I, I also kind of thought the ending isn't, like, super satisfying. It's a little It kind of feels rushed, too. Yeah, which is weird, given that the movie's yeah. too long, too. Yeah, the ending is kind of weird to me, but... Um, but this movie is a lot better than it has any right to be. Like it should be like this should be like Encino Man or yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, you know it should be a lot dumber than it is, and it's actually pretty good. Yeah, I was worried we'd watch it and it'd be like super outdated or homophobic. There's only one part 
<laughs> when Brandon Fraser see, sees a uh, black woman, <laughs> I was like, uh oh. And then there's a he keeps thinking gay means happy. <laughs> yeah. So those are like the only two things. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, not bad though. Um, this was directed by the guy who did Police Academy. <laughs> Very strange. <laughs> and Dudley Do Right. Wasn't that another Brendan Fraser movie? Uh, yeah, it might be. Weird. Dudley do right. Um, <clears throat> I ended up giving it three and a half stars. I did too. So it's not the best, but I think it's still good. It has yeah. a lot of good funny moments. No, it is a lot of fun. I agree. Um, Moving on. Continuing my birthday extravaganza. We need a, a button that says yeah, extravaganza. We, we use that word a lot. <laughs> Um, we watched Breakdown. So this came out in 1997, directed by Jonathan Mostow. It's about the part in the heavy metal songs when it's like... Tagline, it could happen to you. I don't know if this exact thing could happen to us. We could break down, but I don't know if all the other stuff would happen. Uh, when his SUV breaks down on a remote southwestern road, Jeff Taylor lets his wife, Amy, hitch a ride with a trucker to get help. There's your problem right there. there, When she doesn't return, Jeff fixes his SUV and tracks down the trucker who tells the police he's never seen Amy. Gaslighting. Jonathan Mostel's tense thriller then follows Jeff's desperate search for his wife, which eventually uncovers a small town's murderous secret. Mm Mm-hmm. Starring Kurt Russell, J.T. Walsh, Kathleen Quinlan, and M.C. Ganey. Oh, wait. Who's the Event Horizon dude? Is it Jack Noseworthy? Rex Lynn? It's no Jack Noseworthy. Okay. <laughs> um, so this was a very 90s thriller. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. <laughs> it is a lot of fun, yeah. It's it's a weird mix of like um, The Vanishing... Road games and the hitcher kind yeah. of all rolled into one. Yeah, less Takes bits and pieces horror, of those. Yeah, more more thriller, car chase action. Yeah, um, I thought it was a bit of a slow burn, and they don't let the uncertainty of what's going on linger on long enough. I you agree. kind of like, oh, we know what's happening pretty early. So if they had made that a little more like ambiguous, I would have liked it more. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last act of the film is a lot of fun, and yes. there's great car chases, explosions, and fight scenes, and shooting outs yeah the um yeah I a little kid with a shotgun he's like let go of my daddy yeah something like that <laughs> i do i do agree that you yeah see the finger points yeah <laughs> i do agree that uh i wish that they kept up the vanishing aspect of it a little more where like yeah. you're genuinely like what happened to his wife like everybody's acting like she never existed yeah. um but uh and but again like you said the last like 20 minutes are fantastic mm-hmm. it's like grade a it's like duel thriller. it is like I forgot duel. to mention duel yeah we always need to mention duel <laughs> um i wrote in my review that if the ending doesn't make you jump out of your chair cheering there might be something wrong with you because it is pretty awesome <laughs> what happens with the last like 15 minutes of the movie it's crazy so um, this did happen to us when we went to Utah and Arizona. <laughs> no, we didn't. Uh, We're just not allowed to talk about it. It, <laughs> it is funny that I've, I'm glad I finally saw this movie because I'd seen like bits and pieces of it on TV a long time ago. And forever, I thought what I had seen was road games. Yeah. 
uh, because the wife who's Kathleen Quinlan kind of looks a little bit like um, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, a little bit like same kind of hair. Yeah, I can see that. And so I always thought like this was road games, like road games had Kurt Russell and Jamie Lee Curtis in it. She's also in Event Horizon. Weird. Yeah, I know. Isn't that strange? Two people from Event Horizon. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I always got those movies kind of mixed up. But now I've finally seen both and can finally differentiate the two. So that's good. Yeah. Um, and then JT Walsh keeps popping up for yeah, he's us. Yeah, needful things too, right? Yeah. Um, and Pleasantville, Negotiator, Outbreak. Mm. You can watch Pleasantville again sometime. I like that movie. It almost made the birthday marathon list, but I went for new watches instead. Yeah. Um, Kurt Russell's okay in this. He kind of just phones it in. I think he's fine. <laughs> it's not um, his best, but it's not his yeah. worst. Uh, what else about Breakdown? Anything? Mm, I don't think so. Well, we both liked it, and it's a good car horror movie, not horror thriller. Yeah, I gave it three and a half. I gave it three and a half as well. It's not currently streaming. Okay, so we continued the action birthday extravaganza with True Lies, which came out in 1994, directed by a Mr. James Cameron. <laughs> oh, man. When he said, sort I of. do, he never said what he did. <laughs> That's kind of a good tagline. A fearless, globetrotting, terrorist-battling secret agent has his life turned upside down when he discovers his wife might be having an affair with a used car salesman while terrorists smuggle nuclear warheads into the U.S. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tom Arnold, Bill Paxton, Tia Carrera, Art Malik. And then that's probably it. Charlton Heston. Oh, yeah. He's like the boss at the <laughs> yeah. secret agency or whatever. Um. So, True Lies. I was really enjoying this film until I realized the ending that I thought was happening was really like 30 minutes before the real yeah, ending. It was more like an hour. <laughs> yeah. I remember we, we were like, man, we must be getting close to the end and we paused it to like get a snack or something and there was literally an hour <laughs> left and we were like, whoa. So again, too long. It does feel almost like two movies put together. Yeah. And the first movie, they're both good, honestly. Mm-hmm. But by the time we got, so like the first movie is like, the whole comedic setup of like, basically, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis has no idea that her husband's a secret agent. He, she thinks he's this like super boring, but really, you know, nice accountant. Yeah. Accountant guy. And, uh, so she's ha- a kind of contemplating having an affair with this, with Bill Paxton. Who <laughs> Best is, role ever. Yeah, he is fantastic. <laughs> who is, who is a car salesman, but is pretending to be a secret yeah. agent. <laughs> so it's really funny. Cause she's like, you know, almost going to have an affair with this guy because she's looking for like an exciting secret agent and then finds out that her husband actually is a secret agent. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Bill Paxton is just super sleazy and great. Uh, he has the line. He says like the vet gets some wet. <laughs> God, <laughs> It's so gross. Um, but like, and yeah, and then the second half of the movie is like after they've kind of resolved that and they both know what's going on, then there's like the action movie part where the, yeah. they have to like, husband and wife have to work together even though she's like a klutz and like doesn't know what's going on and is terrified the whole time they have to like work together to foil this like nuclear uh hostage situation which is also good and action's Mm -hmm. pretty good and it's funny but by the time that like turn came around it became like the action movie i was kind of starting to lose interest because it was like i felt like you'd already resolved the story (laughs) yeah 
Like, they didn't need the whole daughter being kidnapped part. Like, yeah, if it had been more integrated, those two things, it feels like a part one and a part two more than, like, a, one single movie. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it works and it doesn't. Also, I didn't realize James Cameron has been married five times, which Captain explains why. He, <laughs> apparently, Linda Hamilton oh, for, yeah, like, two that. years. Yeah. Um, and like three other women <laughs> but he had already divorced Catherine Bigelow by the time he made this it was very anti uh uh lady I feel like Is it? <laughs> well all the comments they make when she, they find out that she might uh be seeing Bill Paxton it's very angry against a woman mm. like un- unhappy in her marriage and it's actually more angry against the person she uh Bill Paxton's character <laughs> they're so mean yeah. <laughs> um Jamie Lee Curtis is great in this though. She is really good. She's very funny. Uh but also this is uh I'd say this is when Jamie Lee Curtis looks her best. Yes. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, this would be it, the the Jennifer's body tagline that that we all hate that should have been applied to this movie for Jamie Lee <laughs> Curtis. <laughs> uh I don't know if I'd ever watch this again. Yeah. This is one I'd seen on TV like Again, like bits yeah. and pieces lots of times, but I've never seen the whole movie through, I don't think. I do yeah, think okay. the long kiss goodnight is maybe better. Much the better, better version of much this. better as like the kind of comedic. <laughs> like I'll keep watching movie. the long kiss goodnight. Yeah. But probably not true lies. I agree. They're in definitely in the same kind of category, and I think long yeah. kiss goodnight's much better. Yeah. I give it three and a half stars. I did two. It's not currently streaming. All right. So next birthday up, is over. Yeah. Where's the like no more birthdays. <laughs> All right. So we watched a new movie called The Fablemans, which came out this year, directed by a Mr. Steven I was, Spielberg. I was waiting for you to do that joke. I think we overused <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but it's our podcast, and so we'll do what we want. That's right. <laughs> What's the uh senor? Spielbergo. Non, non-union Mexican equivalent. <laughs> yeah. Senor Spielbergo. Uh, tagline, capture every moment. Mm, okay. Except the mm. one when your mom's having a secret affair with Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. That's Spoiler. a thing we all go through. Yeah. His mom has a affair with Seth Rogen. <laughs> can all relate. So this movie's basically Steven Spielberg's autobiography but without using his name. So it's a coming-of-age story about a young man's discovery of a shattering family secret and an exploration of the power of movies to help us see the truth about each other and ourselves. The cast is crazy. You have Gabriel LaBelle, Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, uh, Jeannie Berlin, Judd Hirsch, Julia Butters, Robin Barlett. Um, Where's, what's her name? David Lynch. Is it Isabel Cussman? Who are you talking about? Elaine May's no. daughter? Yeah. Jeannie Berlin. Whoops. Okay. Jeannie Berlin. Uh, and a bunch of other probably people who look familiar, but the cast is huge. Oh, James Urbaniak. <laughs> he pops up at oh, the yeah. end. Oh, yeah. We were like, woo! <laughs> yeah. The only people in the audience. <laughs> yeah. Because <we're like>, <laughs> we were the only people at that point. Because the two people in the theater left and we didn't know. We could have been talking the whole time. Yeah, these two and people had it to came ourselves. in to the Fablements <laughs> to make out for 15 minutes yeah. and then left, apparently. We didn't know. <laughs> could have taken our damn masks off. I know. <laughs> and hooted and hollered when James Urbaniak showed up. I love Hooten and Hotteron. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, 
This film has a lot of great pieces working for it, but I had an issue with the actual narrative of the film. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of great scenes that are kind of pieced together that's kind of driving the plot and storyline, but I feel like there's no satisfying like overall thing. Yeah, I mean, I kind of felt the same way. I Like, you could say there is like this through line uh, theme of like, the family's kind of split in half between artists and scientists and they're mm-hmm. kind of always fighting with each other for different reasons and stuff. But I don't know. It just doesn't, I mean, that's okay. But a lot of the scenes don't really resonate with that theme. They're just like clearly specific memories that Spielberg had of his childhood, which are interesting. Again, mm-hmm. like if this was like a book of short stories, yeah. it would be great. But as like a, as like a, a singular movie, it's like, uh, it's okay. Um, and it's better than okay, but it's just not. I guess that's the other thing is like this is a Spielberg movie, so we're comparing it to like Jurassic Park and yeah. you know Saving Private Ryan, like all these masterpiece level movies. So it doesn't quite work. The other thing I thought was kind of weird about this is as much as I love the final scene with David Lynch playing, mm-hmm. um, uh, what's his name, uh, John Ford, John Ford, um, which is great. Uh, the ending feels very much just like kind of sudden it's like just like oh i guess this is as good a place as any to end the story like there's not really an ending to the story Well, that's what i was saying it's not satisfying because yeah. it's like let's see him make his first picture and it ends up in the movie theater right. or like i don't know maybe that's too cliche or like cheesy he, like the end of the movie is that he like maybe kind of sort of gets a job at a studio yeah end it with him getting his first job for duel like yeah <laughs> yeah that would have been great um yeah i mean the fact that it ends just sort of randomly kind of furthers the point that it isn't like a story it's a collection of memories which is fine because each one is shot really well the acting's great it has all the like the, mm-hmm. it's, it has a lot going for it but then yeah there's just something missing I did love the probably first half of the, of the film more when he the little kids making all these shoestring budget mm-hmm. movies with yeah, his friends and it's all just like pure happiness and then the middle part with all the mom and like family drama I didn't care as much I yeah, guess it's, okay. it's like yeah I get why it's earth shattering for them but I don't know why, didn't, why couldn't he have Steven Spielberg have just been like Brian De Palma and spent his entire career making movies about kids discovering their parents are having <laughs> come on that's the that's the healthy way to, yeah. to learn about it to deal with it yeah uh, Michelle Williams was a bit much yeah I kind of agree she's a little I thought Paul Dano was really good but you know what's funny about Paul Dano to me is he'll forever be like in my mind he's always like 25 years old yeah so it's hard, a, a little hard face. for me to believe that he's like somebody's dad yeah but he was good in this, I I think. Um, and then we did love David Lynch's scene. So yeah, he was great. That was funny. He was great. So probably worth seeing. Yeah, I mean, I liked it more than I disliked it for sure. Yeah. It just didn't blow me away like I was kind of expecting it to because I'd heard such good things about yeah. it. Yeah, and plus we love movies, so we thought movie about wanting to make movies. See, here's <laughs> the thing, better. though. Uh, I'm a little tired of movies about Hollywood, such yeah. as the Fablemans and Babylon and mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, I'd prefer movies about crappy movies like matinee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's the kind of meta movie I want to see right now. Yeah. I agree. We look, we don't need all the celebrities singing. Imagine that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Basically. But that really brought the whole didn't world it, didn't it really together. <laughs> I really felt something. <laughs> um, so Fablemans 
it will probably come to streaming for the Oscars. I'm sure it's going to get nominated for something. Uh, it'll get nominated for a lot, I'm sure. Um, I'm teetering between three and a half and four. You I think it's it. worth seeing if you like Steven Spielberg movies yeah. and you want to know a little something about his life. I give it four. But it's missing something. Something is missing. <sighs> okay. That's the Fablemans. <laughs> All right. Totally different direction. Let's go with a, <laughs> a masterpiece. I must say, right before you even say what the movie is, it gets, for me, it gets the same star rating as the Fablemans. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Yeah. And that is Roadhouse, 1989, directed by <laughs> Rowdy Harrington. Dalton lives like a loner, fights like a professional, and loves... <laughs> There's no tomorrow. <laughs> That's the tagline. Why are you giving me an asthma attack? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can't believe that is the tagline. That is amazing. Oh. Wow. I gotta catch my breath. All right. So Roadhouse is about the double deuce is the meanest, loudest, and rowdiest bar south of the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> oh my God. And Dalton has been hired to clean it up. Oh he might not look like much, but the PhD-educated bouncer proves he's more than capable. <laughs> busting the heads of troublemakers and turning the roadhouse into a jumping hot spot. All right. See, here's why <laughs> Roadhouse is awesome, because... That plot synopsis is better than half the movies we watched this yeah. month. <laughs> but, it was highly entertaining. But Dalton's romance with the gorgeous Dr. Clay puts him on the bad side of cutthroat local big shot Brad Wesley. Oh, Brad Wesley. <laughs> yeah. So this stars Patrick Swayze, Kelly Lynch, Sam Elliott looking his best. Yeah, he does look pretty awesome. <laughs> He's a little hunk in this. Uh, ben Gazzara, uh, Which Red one? West. Which one of the, it plays Brad Wesley? I think that was that's Ben Gazzara because he plays what's his name in Big Lebowski. Yeah, um, he does. What is his name? Oh my god! In Big Lebowski. Yeah, what's wrong with me, Mister Lebowski? No, he's the bad guy. <laughs> I don't remember. I'll look it up because it's gonna drive me crazy. Um, that's most. Oh, and for some reason, Keith David. Like at the bottom of the credit yeah, list. Yeah, that's super so weird. weird. He's like barely in it. It's basically like a, a like a he was a big yet. actor and he has like no Jackie lines. Treehorn. Yeah, this is Jackie Treehorn's town. <laughs> okay, so Harper has come to the dark side of Patrick Swayze. Yeah, Michelle, um, movie lovers. <laughs> if I have a tombstone when I die, can you put Harper lived lived like a loner? <laughs> Thought like a professional and love like there's no tomorrow. I will. Okay. That's a promise. You okay. all heard it live I'll on the do podcast. It. It's uh, an obituary. Yeah, no, this movie was awesome. I have to say. I mean, it's one I've avoided watching for a long time just because Michelle went through a Patrick Swayze phase, and every single one we watched, I liked. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I you have liked all of them. I resisted all of them. But yeah, I did like Tu Long Fu. I did like um, Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. Point Break. Yeah, Point Break's probably my least favorite, which is surprising. Of those, I love yeah. Point Break. I like Point Break, okay. We love him and Donnie Darko. We'll have to revisit Ghost. I mean, that's equally as absurd as this movie. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I loved about this movie is that the concept is so 
dumb. Like a freelance bouncer. Well, and like, not, what? not only that, I mean, that's not that unbelievable. The fact that everybody like knows him, like that's he's Dalton. Fa- he's like that's world Dalton. famous as like a bouncer who has yeah. a PhD who like comes in and like in philosophy. Yeah, it flips bars basically. Yeah. Um, but like the dialogue is really funny and snarky and good, and the, the fights are ridiculous. Way more explosions than you'd expect so for a movie many about explosions. bar fights, basically. Yeah. Um, also, he lives right across from the villain. There's just a lake between them. Yeah, he lives in like <laughs> so a barn. they're always just like looking at each other. And the rich guy lives in like a mansion right across the lake from the barn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of a ton of fun. It's ridiculous. It is. And um, Patrick Swayze's hair is crazy. It's like very long. <laughs> but it's actually like a decently made movie. Like shot by Dean Cundy. Like the cinematography's good. Yeah, if and like- Dean Cundy hadn't shot it, I don't know if it would be as good because it has like all those interesting like shots and neon and like, yeah. let's feels, do it through the broken glass. Like this concept <laughs> feels like a, like, uh, like a really like C list movie. Yeah. But then like with Dean Cundy and some of the acting talent on board, it's a little bit more like a real movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this, it's a lot of fun. I really actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would for sure. Yeah. I would watch this again. <laughs> it's definitely a lot more fun with I other like people. Love, like there's no tomorrow. Because yeah. the first time I watched it by myself, I'm like, it's okay. Like it had, I knew it was absurd and enjoyable, but yeah. it would have been fun with more people. So Roadhouse is a good crowd pleaser. Yeah, we watched it in 4K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this was a late birthday present. <laughs> Very expensive uh, fancy vinegar syndrome release. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. I'm <laughs> so glad I did too. It cost like $40. <laughs> but if you don't want to get the 4K, it is streaming on Amazon and Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave it three and a half. I gave it four. The same <laughs> as the Fable. I loved it. <laughs> Harper loves eat, Dalton. Eat it, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Patrick Swayze effect. <laughs> also, his letterbox picture. He's so happy. Who? <laughs> Patrick Swayze. He's just a cool dude doing cool things. Cool dude doing cool stuff. <laughs> oh, you do see his butt in this, too. <laughs> yeah, he does look really happy. <laughs> you get Swayze butt. Um, and he died in 2009. I, I mean, I knew he was dead, but I didn't know it ha- happened that long ago. It doesn't seem that long yeah, ago. Yes, it felt more recent wow. than that. That's wild. Okay. So next up, I'm going to let Harper take it. Although I did watch half of this. Yeah, you watched it. And that was Pathogen slash Zombie Girl, the documentary. So uh, Pathogen is uh, from 2006. Written and directed by Emily Haggins. Um, do you know what happens when you drink the water? <laughs> That's tagline, apparently. Mm. Uh, an infection. Well, this is a long synopsis. Uh, okay, I'm just going to do it myself. Basically, it's a zombie movie written and directed by a 10-year-old girl who was 12 by the time she directed the movie um, and starring a bunch of like middle school actors that were just like her friends and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's about uh, some kind of nanotechnology <laughs> gets in the water <laughs> supply in this town and drinking it turns people into zombies. But it's a weird thing where it like, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Like some of them are zombies and some of them are like actively like normal people, but they're actively like doing bad things to get people to get infected. <laughs> which is, I can't remember how they explain that. But um, starring a bunch of people that nobody knows because almost none of them went on to act in anything else. 
except for really weirdly C. Robert Cargill <laughs> is an actor. The only his only acting credit is in this movie. He's most famous for being the writer of um, Doctor Strange, The Black Phone, <laughs> both all the sinister <laughs> movies. Like yeah, he's a horror movie writer. But yeah, he, at the time he was just a movie critic in Austin, and they, so they invited him to be in the movie in a small part, which is really <laughs> funny. Um, I thought this was. I mean, this is obviously this is another like shot on video you know, Z-list movie. Um, I thought this is a lot of fun because it, it satisfies a lot of what I love about shot and video movies, yeah. which are that they're like very endearing and full of heart. And... Oh, wait, I forgot to hit the button. Oh, yeah. Hey, lady! Thank you. <laughs> um, and like a surprising amount of dedication for people kind of just making a movie just because they desperately want to, not because there's any like financial gain to be made or fame or anything like that. Like, it's just, I really need to make a movie. Um, so that's really fun. It's, you know, uh, the acting is ridiculous all across the board. Um, it's middle schoolers, <laughs> but I appreciate that. It, you know, like good, all, any good shot on video horror movie, it's got a decapitation and a ludicrous twist at the end. that <laughs> makes no sense. Um, so I really enjoyed it. Um, we watched it together. Did you have any thoughts on pathogen? Uh, I really appreciate the effort. Uh, it's not that great, but it has a lot of heart. But yes. I'm also not really a fan of Sean on video stuff. Yeah. As you've made abundantly I'm clear. I'm sorry. It's fine. Draw the line. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but then I also watched, there's a full-length documentary on the disc uh, called Zombie Girl, the movie that came out uh, not long after um, that was shot like during, well, it's behind the scenes, like, not just interviews. Like it was all shot while they were making it, which is really cool. Um, cause it is kind of funny that this is a shot on video movie with a shot on video documentary about it. Yeah. <laughs> and the documentary is kind of wildly entertaining for me. Cause it's just, um, like the obsession and passion of like this really, really young girl who, by the way, has gone on to do a lot more stuff. Like she, um, she wrote one of the segments for that scare package movie and she's made like three or four other um, features. And it's funny to think, you know, we were watching this. I was like, Oh yeah, she's 12 years old. And then I'm like, oh, S-H-I-T. she's like my age, <laughs> basically, <laughs> which is weird. Um, but yeah, the obsession of the really young filmmaker and the, uh, the burnout, but dedication of her like super, super supportive mom. Who's basically like doing all the makeup and <laughs> rounding up all these kids and figuring out how to make it happen herself while she's having a full-time job. And, um, and the kid actors are just always just kind of hanging out. They're really nervous about like their, you know, their big scenes or whatever. It's just yeah. like really, it's really fun to watch. Um, so the documentary is honestly, even, I think it's even better than the movie itself. Cause a lot of times with these, cheapo movies the the stories behind them are more interesting than the movies themselves um so yeah zombie girl the movie was also pretty pretty great i liked it a lot um i gave pathogen three stars and zombie girl three and a half yeah pathogen two and a half neither of them are streaming anywhere i don't think i'll double check no unless it's on Um, youtube yeah it's an agfa blu-ray you can see them all right next movie we watched Bellman and True, which came out in 1987, directed by Richard Loncrane. They kidnapped his son. They forced him to steal $14 million. Then they made their biggest mistake. They trusted him. Oh! <laughs> Hiller, a computer expert, was bribed by a group of 
by a group of bank robbers to obtain details of the security system at a newly built bank. Having obtained the information, he thought he'd seen the last of the robbers, but now they've traced him and his son to London. They they hold the son hostage and force Hiller to decode the information about the alarm and then to take part in the robbery. Starring Bernard Hill, Derek Newark, Richard Hope, Ken Bones, Francis Tomalti, Kieran O'Brien, John Cavanaugh, and a bunch of other white dudes. I don't know if I really recognized anybody besides Bernard Hill. King Theoden. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is a British heist movie, which we should have watched for our heist episode. Yeah, we really should because it has great character names like Govna yeah. and Salto and <laughs> Gort. Those are like... Gort. <laughs> <laughs> and then The Boy. The Boy. Donkey. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so it took me a while to get into this movie. I feel like the beginning was a little confusing and slow. I was like, what's happening? Why mm-hmm. did they, they like kidnapping him? And then he's also just like a computer expert making like little robots and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, what's going to happen with these robots? Um, but then the actual heist part is great. It is excellent. Yeah, really great heist. And then the ending is also really good up there with other heist movies. Yeah, this might have made our heist list, honestly, if we'd watched yeah. it. I really like this a lot. Um, so yeah, slightly confusing beginning, but Bernard Hill's really good. Uh, the heist is really good. The plan is really good. Yeah, it's a really... The ending is good. <laughs> yeah, from the heist on, the movie is really, really great because mm-hmm. the heist is super intense and suspenseful and clever, really clever how they make everything work and stuff. Um, and it's, and it's, it also feels like one of the few movies where in a lot of like crime movies or, or any kind of movie, really, you get the like the hacking and like... Like in this, they one of the th- tricks they do is they like basically break into the video feed and bypass the security to show like an empty room while they're in the room or whatever, which like that happens in lots of the movies. But in other movies, it's just like some computer guy going like, yep, there it's done. You're in, you know? And in this, it's very much like, it feels very real in the way it works. Yeah, you have to find the wire and then connect to to the wire and then do stuff. Recreate the like particular sine wave that it's using to like trigger it or whatever. You know, it feels very much more real and like suspenseful than just like some guy typing on a keyboard. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the ending is surprising and kind of bonkers in a way that I wasn't expecting. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was great. I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, indicator, this is an, a movie on an indicated Blu-ray. And so far, I think pretty much all the indicator titles that I bought just like sight unseen have paid off in a big way. Like I've really enjoyed almost everything I've bought from them. Yeah. The quality of indicators story wise has been really solid. Yeah. I don't I feel think, like everything we've liked is like three and a half or higher. Yeah, I think the Beast Must Die is probably the lowest and that one's score, and that was and still a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, Bellman and True and Housekeeping, Taste of Fear. Like we've watched a lot of really cool ones that I I didn't know anything yeah. about. They just sounded good, and they are good. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's streaming, but what it did you not. give it? I gave it four stars. I gave it three and a half. I'd probably bump it up to four for the heist. Yeah. Maybe, that's, maybe. <laughs> that's Bellman and True. Weird name. All right. Next movie. Gremlins oh 2, The New Batch. Came out in 1990. Directed by... Man. Joe Dante. It's in the movie. <laughs> Here they grow again. <laughs> <laughs> 
young sweethearts Billy and Kate move to the Big Apple, land jobs in a high-tech office park, and soon reunite with the friendly and lovable Gizmo. Isn't it weird that the, <laughs> the two characters are supposed to be like like having jobs and they're about to get married? They still look like they're both like 16 years old. Yep. <laughs> but a series of accidents creates a whole new generation of gremlins. The situation oh, worsens no. when the devilish green creatures invade a top secret laboratory <laughs> and develop genetically altered powers, making them even harder to destroy. Starring Zach Galligan, Phoebe Cates, John Glover, Robert Prosky, Robert Picardo, Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Haviland Morris, uh, Jackie Joseph, Gede Watanabe, um, Don Stanton, Dan right. Stanton, <laughs> Dick Miller. <laughs> There's a lot of people in this. A lot of gremlins. Oh, where's and Hulk Hogan? <laughs> the yeah. Hulkster. The Hulkster's in this. <laughs> um, all right. So it's been a really long time since I've seen Gremlins. I don't yeah. know when did we watch it, like a couple years ago yeah, for the first time ago. ever. Yeah, it's been a while. And this movie is super bizarre. Oh I kind of loved it? it. It's crazy. It's all over the place. Um, it is ridiculous. I wrote that like we had, we've seen that Key and Peele sketch about this like a million yeah. times. But I was still oh, not vegetable prepared. gremlin. <laughs> I was still not prepared for just how insane this movie is. How like meta and stupid and ridiculous and fun it is. Yeah, this one's very meta. It breaks the fourth wall like with many Hulk times. Hulk, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, <laughs> there's like a scene in a movie theater where they're watching Gremlins too, and the Gremlins have changed the movie that they're watching. Yeah, and the Hulkster <laughs> has to put them in their place and get the movie started. He's like, Sorry about that, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Brother, rips sorry about that, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's bonkers. Christopher Lee is playing it totally serious, mm-hmm. though. I love it. He's always so great as like evil scientists. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's and just, he's like, I need diseases. Yeah, here's a good flu. <laughs> um, uh, and then it's kind of like evil smart building too. So. Yeah, a lot, a lot in this movie. There is kind of a funny, if very on the nose, like takedown of like you know, proto Elon Musk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want a fully automatic building, and like people keep getting stuck in the revolving yeah, doors and right. stuff. Yeah, everything's <laughs> always on the fritz or whatever. There is a, also there's so many jokes and references that only always work. But we had just watched Marathon Man, mm-hmm. and there's a joke in here about Marathon Man and the dentist scene. And we're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Why would Gremlins 2 have a marathon man it's joke in so it? <laughs> weird. Really weird. Uh, lots of good practical effects. Little lightning bolt gremlin running around animated. Uh, electric gremlin. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. It's just bonkers. <laughs> you, sir, are raging psychopath. Yeah. Watch the Key and Pill skit and then watch this. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we did. Uh, I gave it three and a half. I gave it four. Again, Whoa. the same as the Fablemans. <laughs> <laughs> Gremlins 2, Fablemans, same, same. Roadhouse? <laughs> yeah. All in the same category uh, And this is streaming on HBO Max. <laughs> All right. Let's so, get Christmas. Yeah, on Christmas Eve, we like to go to the movie theater. I like to go. I force Harper to go. I like it too. Because it's always empty. You what? Although, funnily enough, this empty. one was not empty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's usually empty. Um, 
And when you drive home, there's nobody on the streets. It is awesome. Mm-hmm. So go see late night movies on Christmas Eve. It's the best. It is fun. I agree. But since this year's crop of movies sucked, we ended up seeing a weird one. Silent Night, Deadly Night, which is a Christmas horror movie that takes place on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this came out in 1984 and directed by Charles E. Sillier Jr., You've made it through Halloween. Now try and survive Christmas. Mm. Ah. Oh, wait. No! (laughs) Little Billy witnesses his parents being brutally murdered by Santa. Years later, when he has to fill in for an absent in-store Santa Claus, his childhood trauma materializes once again. I don't remember if there's anyone we know in this. It's all Lynette like, Quigley, yeah, recognized. bunch of B-list horror people from the 80s. Um, so this was amazing. <laughs> Top <laughs> tier was, yeah. Christmas evil horror movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, Punish. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I end up really liking it. And, but I think seeing it on Christmas Eve in a theater made it probably yes. better, much more en- like enjoyable experience. Who, one person was laughing their ass oh, off yeah, the entire like the time. <laughs> They're like, ah, <laughs> every yeah. time. Um, there are a lot of ridiculous line deliveries, like Harper just did punish. <laughs> naughty. <laughs> yeah. So I have punished naughty. Um, there was another one. What was the third one? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, it was it was fun and some brutal kills and a really <laughs> detailed backstory <laughs> on all the traumatic events that made this tiny child grow up to be a killer Santa I mean, Claus. <laughs> that's what's kind of great about this to me is I expected just like Halloween, but like it's Santa instead of Michael Myers, mm-hmm. like just another kind of paint my number slasher. But instead it's like, how many things, how can we like legitimately create, like if this all did happen to a person, he, you definitely would become a killer who wore a Santa costume. Yeah, definitely. No question. Like his, his crazy mentally ill grandfather was like, Santa comes every, you should be terrified of Santa. He comes on Christmas Eve well, and he punishes uh, the bad kids. Yeah. And this grandfather has not spoken a word to anybody else in years and yeah, so they nobody, leave him alone with him. Nobody <laughs> believes him that he said that. Yeah. yeah. And then his parents get murdered by a guy in a Santa costume. The mom gets... Uh, yeah, assaulted. assaulted. <laughs> uh, and then he like grows up in an orphanage where like Christmas is like very. The nuns are really mean about really mean. his trauma. Yeah, there's all kinds of just like every possible thing you could do to like encourage somebody to become a killer who wore a Santa costume basically happens. My favorite scene, he like gets he's when he's like 16, he gets a job at um, a toy store, and there's this montage where like things are finally looking up for mm-hmm. Billy, and like the bo- like he's like doing good, and the boss is like smiling yeah. at him like all right <laughs> and then it's like christmas so they unroll a big banner <laughs> and it says like merry christmas and he's like <gasps> yeah <laughs> <laughs> like what did he forget that christmas was gonna happen yeah, at a um, toy store <laughs> yeah uh it is but it is very weird that like the protagonist basically is the killer in this and yeah. there's not this is like one of the only like classic slashers i can think of where there's not a final girl in any sense of the word like nope <laughs> linnea quigley i kind of expected her to be and then she's kind of gone pretty quick yeah she has a famous kill yes which is pretty great yeah um, um <laughs> but yeah this is definitely great i feel like it has the same energy as dial code santa claus <laughs> yes yeah, i kind of agree so it was a lot of fun i'm glad we watched it on christmas eve it's the Me perfect too. way to watch it 
Because they can really go anyway for a Christmas horror movie. Yeah, there's some good ones and there's some bad ones for sure. I gave it four stars. Wow, I gave it three and a half. <laughs> Same as the Fable Yep. <laughs> uh, I don't think it, it's not currently streaming, but it's definitely worth seeing next Christmas. All or of, if you still have the Christmas spirit, watch it. <laughs> all of the other ones are streaming on Shatter, I yeah. think two through five, which we need one day we need to watch too with a. Uh, Garbage Day. Yeah, I've seen that uh, clip so many times. We'll have to watch the second mm -hmm. one. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Check it out. <laughs> so next up, we watched three new 2022 movies. Yeah, we did. So we're going to go through them. First up, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, directed by Ryan Johnson. There is no tagline. Hmm. Come on now. It is weird. World-famous detective Benoit, 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 Benoit Blanc heads to Greece to peel back the layers of a mystery surrounding a tech billionaire and his eclectic crew of friends. Sorry. <laughs> Clearing my throat. Starring Daniel Craig, Edward Norton, Dave Bautista, Janelle Monet, Kate Hudson, Catherine Hahn, Madeline Klein, Leslie Odom Jr., and Jessica Henwick. This is a pandemic movie. Mm -hmm. Very tiny cast. Well, a big cast, but that's all. There's no extras. I got to say, <laughs> I really do appreciate it. It sucks that there's so few movies that actually, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, acknowledge that the pandemic happened and have people yeah. like wearing masks at any point and stuff like that. Like, it's kind of nice to see that in a movie mm -hmm. sometimes. Like, this was real. We're not yeah. going to ignore the last two years. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so overall, I think I enjoyed this movie more than Knives Out because Definitely. unlike Knives Out, it wasn't obvious who the killer was or what was happening. And I feel like in Knives Out, like, oh, you think this person did it and he did do it. So there's a great twist that comes in the middle of the mm -hmm. film, which really helps with the flow of the plot. I think that's when I was like, okay, I can get into this now. Um, I also loved how much everyone hates Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. Because it definitely, obviously, seems like it would be about him or yeah, his personality. Even if it's not directly about him, it's about him. <laughs> and I think Daniel Craig and Janelle Monet are probably the best best parts. They're fantastic. Um, I thought uh, Dave Bautista's pretty good, too. Um, and Kate Hudson, too, is really funny in this. Yeah. Um, Everyone's good. Um, yeah, Janelle Monet probably stuck out She's fantastic. Uh, as, as my friend Cal once said on Twitter... When Janelle Monae's not on screen, everybody should be asking, <laughs> where's Janelle Monae? Yeah, where is she? <laughs> she is great. Um, but yeah, like you said, the, like the movie's good, and then there's this big moment that happens where suddenly the story kind of rewinds and you see the whole thing that you've seen at that point from a very different perspective where things are much more clear of what's happening. Yeah. And it's that's the point when the movie gets really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how they paint Edward Norton to be a big dum-dum. Oh, it's too. <laughs> hilarious. The editing in the movie is excellent. And yeah. at that point in particular, when they're pointing and he's pointing out all the dumb things that he said <laughs> is really funny. Um, but I really appreciate that. Apparently the knives out franchise is basically just, uh, Daniel Craig playing this great, funny character, uh, solving fancy, uh, twisty detective murder mysteries that all revolve around rich assholes getting their mm -hmm. comeuppance from working class people. <laughs> That's yep. such a fun idea. It's what we want. <laughs> yeah, really, it's such a weird concept, but it works. It's worked twice now. And this one's even better than the first one. I really think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess that's probably all we could talk about without giving away spoilers. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> 
a lot of people we know have probably watched it by now. So yeah, it's weird. Letterbox says it's not available to stream anywhere, and it's very obviously available on Netflix. That's it weird. was like a big news thing that it like was the most popular thing on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. I don't know why it's saying that. Yeah, very weird. Uh, so I gave it four stars. Four and a half for Ooh. this gentleman. <laughs> Definitely worth watching. Yeah. So, next new movie we watched is Broker. Broker. Came out this year, directed by Hirokazu Koreeda. 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 Some leave, some retrieve. That's weird. Hmm. <laughs> this is a really long synopsis. Not a great tagline. That I'm not going to read. All right, go for it, Michelle. So, Just explain it in your own words. There's this little church that has like a baby drop-off box where people who do not want their babies can leave them in it's a like safe, a warm spot. And then it, they either get put in an orphanage or raised by the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and two men who work there run an illegal business where they occasionally steal babies and sell them. That is um, like selling them to like, traffic them they're they're basically Just making finding money better on, homes yeah finding a, like parents who want to adopt them who can't mm-hmm. legally for other reasons um but there are two detectives who kind of caught on to their their illegalness and are trying to catch them How about crime? <laughs> their crime <laughs> <laughs> um and trying to catch them in the act selling a baby but one of the baby's given up uh the mother comes back and they've already deleted all the footage and everything that the baby even existed so she gets involved trying to help them find parents to adopt her baby right so they basically go on they like all a want money <laughs> yeah yeah and then there's like this little kid who tags along for some reason yeah he basically uh he figures out what they're doing so he's like i'll tell everybody unless you let me come with you yeah <laughs> but it stars our man, oh, man. <laughs> Sung Kango <laughs> and a bunch of other people. That oh, who was the one of the detectives? They, they do know is one of the detectives. Yeah, she's, she's in, like, in the, the host. host and, Didn't uh, really recognize anyone else. Uh, she's in Barking Dogs Never Bite too. So, Broker, I thought it was a little sappy, um, but you get a lot of different perspectives on parenthood and childhood that play throughout the film. I was disappointed that there were no drop kicks from Sung Sung Kang Ho's character. Was he going to drop kick a baby? I don't know. A detective, (laughs) uh, a mobster. Um, But I did feel like the movie was overly negative towards mothers giving up their children. It was a little intense and conservative for 2022. But I don't know if that's just like a Korean thing. Well, I mean, there's a lot of that. But then I feel like you're right that it is a little bit more... um, like, leaning towards that side of it. Like there are more p- characters who feel that way than the other way, but there is a lot. She's, you know, constantly makes good points, uh, you know, to defend herself. And she's like, well, if you don't want mothers to give out the babies, why do you put these boxes out? <laughs> I guess it's mostly like the one dude who grew up in an orphanage. I can kind of get that. Cause he's like felt abandoned by his mm-hmm. mom, but the detective, she's just like, really angry about yeah, it. It's like, why she has, is she so angry about but it? But <laughs> she has a big turn in the end, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that's what I think is the best thing about the movie is it very naturally explores, like, all these different sides of the, like, abortion, adoption, mm-hmm. you know, debate. And um, 
it, no, it never feels very, I mean, aside from what you just said, aside from that, those parts, it doesn't feel terribly judgmental. It's very much like everybody feels like they're doing the right thing yeah, uh, and is doing their best. Um, and that they just happen to be in conflict with each other. Um, so that, that's the best thing about it, I think, is it's very clever in the way it naturally does that. But yeah, um, yeah I agree. It's a little sappy for what I normally would like and a little too long, too. Mm-hmm. I think it, it started to drag a little bit, but it is a good it's a very clever idea for a movie. And um, it is interesting how it all kind of comes to a head in, in the end. Yeah. Um. Any other thoughts? No, I thought it was pretty good. Not my favorite, but pretty good. Yeah, not my favorite either. This was the guy who did shoplifters, shoplifters which I think I liked shoplifters more. But he does a lot of like found, like find your own family, make your yeah, own family that stuff. Seems to be his theme for sure. So I think I enjoyed shoplifters more, but this was still good. Yeah, it was good. Not streaming, but if you love Song Kang Ho like we do, it'll probably come to streaming eventually. <laughs> I'm sure it will. Yeah. So that was Broker. Broker. All right. Next new movie, Moon Age Daydream, which came out this year, directed by Brett Morgan. Tagline, Bowie. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a tagline or just a statement? Interesting. (laughs) A cinematic odyssey featuring never-before-seen footage exploring David Bowie's creative and musical journey. So this was a documentary. Um more abstract experimental documentary than the usual Netflix docs. <laughs> Definitely. Um, starring David Bowie. <laughs> but uh, I think this movie was a must-see for any Bowie fan. I don't know if you don't know who David Bowie is or like his music, if you would really enjoy it. It'd be really confusing. <laughs> very confusing. It's a very loose documentary style, and if there's no like talking heads, we're like, and then he Not did this, one. and then he did this. It's a it's chronological and like his rise to fame, and then kind of like roller coaster of his like last few decades of career work and music. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoyed it. It kind of feels more like a long music video, yeah, also, definitely, or like a experimental concert film. Uh, the archival stuff is really good. And then you get pieces of like archival interviews, like kind of narrating, not really. It's not a narrative. It's just like pieces related, like from journalists interviewing him, playing over other footage. And it's really interesting clips and stuff too. It feels like not your average kind of talking head bits that you get. It's very much like, Bowie talking about these like very personal feelings. You get a sense of like, like I think the movie is attempting to like get a sense of like what was going through his head during mm-hmm. these times rather than like just a history of his career. Yeah. Um, which is pretty interesting. And it's definitely a very different kind of documentary than you'd normally get on like a rock yeah. star. Cause instead of like talking about his childhood, it's like, bits of like his rough relationship with his mom mm-hmm. but you don't get like a clear story of what uh, happened or why because it's like bits of him talking about it on talk shows yeah so it's like pieced together and, and yeah. stuff um and that's all over like live performances from that period yeah. or like abstract they even use like a lot of clips from movies not mm-hmm. even mov- i mean movies that he's in but also just like movies that were like an inspiration to him or have like visual yeah. things in common with stuff he did and like clockwork orange and you know stuff like that mm-hmm. um so it, it's a really interesting like freeform style of documentary that is pretty cool yeah i feel like if there i'm sure there is like a more 
formal traditional documentary about Bowie. I feel like if you watch both that whatever that movie is and this one back to back, you'd get a really uh, good full picture of what he was like. Yeah, because you'd get the history from one, and this is more like the emotional and kind of mm-hmm. visual look. Yeah, definitely the artistic version of mm-hmm. that. So I think it would be worth watching for yeah. any Bowie fans. Definitely, yeah. Um, it's not currently streaming. I wouldn't be surprised if it comes eventually, and it'll probably get nominated. I'd be for surprised a if this wasn't. I mean, we watched. I think we only watched two major new documentaries this year: this yeah. and Fire of Love. And I'm sure I would be surprised if both of them didn't get nominated. Yeah. Also, shout out to Archives for bringing us archival yeah, I can't stuff imagine throughout. <laughs> the amount of stuff this guy had to watch and listen through to find these yeah. bit interesting bits and pieces. It's a, a lot. lot of work. <laughs> um, I give it four stars. I did too. All right. So our last movie, wrapping up December. Last movie of 2022. <laughs> is Yes, Madam! <laughs> Exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Came out in 1985, directed by Corey Yun. Aspirin and Strepsil. <laughs> two <laughs> petty thieves oh who... Oh, the names in this I movie. know. Inadvertently become involved in a murder case when they steal items belonging to a murdered man. The man had hidden an important microfilm, microfiche, yes. in his passport, which the thieves pass on to a forger friend, Panadol. <laughs> Is that like a medicine, I'm too? I'm guessing it must be. Um, inspectors uh, assigned to the case Got to investigate. Uh, it's very complicated. There's a hitman, bodyguards. Um, anyway, it's two lady detectives one, trying to bring one from down. from Hong Kong and one yeah. from England. <laughs> so you got Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock <laughs> um, trying to take down these crime bosses. They're the madams of Yes, Madam. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, these badass detectives. Yeah. Kung Fu detectives. As, yeah, as and this martial arts film. Um, action. Action. Uh, so, it was okay. <laughs> yeah, was little, I was really, really excited about this movie because I just found out about it like a couple weeks ago. It sounds ago, great. It's it like Michelle Yeoh's early leading lady buddy martial arts movie. Yeah, buddy it was like cop her movie. first major movie. You think um, it like police story yeah, level. Yeah, this is very much like her police story kind of movie yeah. too. And that's the problem. It's really frustrating because all the scenes with the two of them, with mm-hmm. Yo and Rothrock, are great. Yeah, the fight scenes are awesome. They're really well choreographed. The, the two of them are just awesome. Um, but like most of the movie is the three goofy thieves getting into trouble. Like it's really yeah. kind of um, uh, false advertising a little bit. My review is needs more madams. That's exactly what I <laughs> literally word for word what I wrote too. <laughs> Um, yeah, because like at first I was like, oh, these goofballs are kind of funny. They'll be the comic relief. And it's like, oh, why are we still watching these three yeah, like goofballs? Most of okay. the movies are really about them. They're still really about the them. Like, <laughs> and then the madams just pop up every now and then to fight crime. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it's too bad. <laughs> it's too bad because uh, it's there's there could have been a really, really awesome movie in here, like on the level of police story. And yeah. they just sort of 
uh, the focus is not on the right characters. There's also some funny moments like they use the Halloween score. Oh my God. <laughs> they use the big sting from Halloween that's like, brown. Yeah. Like literally probably 50 times yeah. in this movie, which is really funny to hear in totally different contexts. And there's a dude who really loves this one shirt that he wears in every scene. It's like see-through it's and a, lacy. Yeah, it's really the bad guy. He, and he's like, ha 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 Yeah, it tries to do more comedy than, I guess serious martial arts well yeah and the comedy isn't quite as funny as like police story kind no. of comedy like you know it's not jackie chan level yeah so you know it's a cool bit of uh bit of action history with michelle yo kind of making her big breakthrough mm-hmm. and teaming up with cynthia rothrock that's pretty cool yeah um but yeah it's just it's frustrating because it could have been really great mm-hmm. instead it's just good at best yeah so i gave it three stars i gave it three and a half i was a little more generous but I guess you could give an extra half star for all the glass they break. They I'm always break a lot of glass. Whenever we watch these movies, I'm like, there's a lot of glass in this scene. There's that chandelier looks very uh, fragile. Also, that is funny <laughs> that in these movies, like people break through glass like constantly, and yeah. most of the time it doesn't hurt anybody. But then, like that one guy, he like went his through a window blades, and he had, like, like all in yeah, his he face. had like big glass shards like on his face. He's like, what? Ha- why is this guy the one yeah. who gets hurt? Finally? No one else did. It's kind of funny. <laughs> so yeah, it's a little goofy. Uh, it's fun, but it's not the best. You're no. not getting a Yes Madam movie. Correct. You're getting a, a Three Stooges martial yeah. arts movie. Agreed. <laughs> totally agreed. So, not streaming. That's Yes Madam. And that rounds up <laughs> our December roundup. That's 2022, folks. So. <sighs> yeah. That was a lot of movies. It was. But guess what? What? We got even more. Because we're going to talk about our stats for 2022. <laughs> I thought we had like, I always think we have a celebration one. No. Nice. Yeah, that's yeah. good. <laughs> okay, so Thanks, we'll be song. back with our stats. Santa's watching, Santa's creeping. Now you're nodding, now you're sleeping. Were you good for mom and dad? Santa knows if you've been bad There might be a treat for you In Santa's bag of toys But Christmas won't be fun and games For naughty girls and boys All right, so let's end out 2022 on a good note. I am ready to end 2022. Me too. <laughs> Not a good year. Bring um, on 2023. Yes. So, uh, first of all, looking at our letterbox stats. Yeah, let's talk about letterbox. Letterbox, if your patron account gives you great statistics. If you're a free account, I think they send you an email with all your stats at the end of the year. They do. But patrons can look at it whenever they want. Pros, not pros. Patrons. Pros or patrons. We're not patrons because we don't. We can't show off that kind of money. We probably can't, <laughs> um, anyways, let's talk about our general stats first. So how many movies did you watch in 2022? So I logged 310. Damn. Well, you have. 300 on the dot. I watched 10 extra movies. That's that seems surprising at all. like a lot. You're that always watching like movies a lot. So you're saying I'm stuff. amazing. Hey, ladies. 
right. Sure. I also reviewed them all. It is now working for some oh, reason. Yeah. I have no idea what happened. Okay. <laughs> um, How many hours? 534 and a half. 564.2. Two hours of movie watching time. It's pretty crazy. So we're always like, how are our friends read so many books? We're like, oh, yeah, because this is why. (laughs) This is it. Um, Looking at the weeks, what are our craziest weeks of movie watching? Well, definitely week forty-four, which is Halloween weekend. Yeah, watch thirteen films. I got fourteen. Uh, and your birthday was yeah, the my other birthday. tied for 14. <laughs> I have 16 that, on that the week. week. <laughs> Michelle's birthday through Christmas Eve, or the day before yeah. Christmas Eve. Um, the first week of January, we watched a whole lot too. So that'll we be did. to see if we uh, pull that off again. It's because I don't think you get stats until you log at least 10 in January. So it's like, I got to log as many films as I can. <laughs> that is true. Right We're always like jamming <laughs> in a bunch of things so and start looking at stats. Yeah. My worst week was May 7th through 13th with one film. I'm guessing that's when we were on our trip. Yeah, I've got two. Uh, but I also had another, the March 26th through April 1st. I only have one movie that week, too. I have two. Weird. Every other week, weird, I've weird, got weird. at least two, but mostly a lot. Yeah. Three. So I average 25.8 movies per month. 25 per month for me. With evenly. averaging six per week. 5.8 for me. And my best days were Saturdays. Yeah. Obviously. And Tuesdays. <laughs> um, milestones. Our first film for the year was? Safety Last. Buster Keaton movie. Good way to start the year. It was. We'll have to choose wisely. And our last next. movie was? Yes, Madam. Assuming we don't watch a movie immediately after this podcast ends. It's certainly possible. <laughs> and then I watched Marathon Man and Everything Everywhere All at Once twice. Yeah, I watched Everything Everywhere twice. It was the only one I watched more than once. Um, still as usual, I don't know if it's the same for you, but, uh, horror is the dominant genre by a long shot. Horror followed by thriller. Yeah. 147 horror, 109 thrillers, 83 (laughs) dramas. Um, U.S. is always the top. Yeah. And English, obviously that's not terribly surprising. Yeah. Um, 2022 releases. This says 48 for me of 2022 releases, but my 2022 list, there's 50 movies. So I think there must be some movies that like technically had a festival in 2021 or whatever. Probably. um, But yeah, around 50 new movies. And yours is probably a little more than that, I would guess. 53. When she's actually 52. (laughs) (laughs) All right. who Who are your top stars? Any... Non-white or non-male people. I have two ladies. I do too. Probably Probably the same. same. Mary Vivian Pierce and Meek Stoll. Yep. That's that's our honors episode. Kate Blanchett also has five films, so. Okay. That's weird. You have one more Kate Blanchett than me, apparently. Hmm. She's not even on my list. That's weird. Well, I did the see more. Yeah, I did too. She must she must be tied for four and they just put her lower than the as far down as it goes. Um, and then I also have Tilda Swinton, Michelle Yeoh, and Cookie, Cookie Mueller with four films and Edith, and Edith Massey. Massey. Yeah. Eggs, eggs, eggs. <laughs> so those are my only ladies out of how many is this? 20, 20 yeah, people. So. Well, who's your top, who's your top person? I have a tie for top two leading men. Mm-hmm. That is oh, man. Christopher Lee and yep. Colin Farrell. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I do too. There, although I watched one less Colin Farrell movie than you, I think. You gotta I've, watch Banshees. I have seven Christopher Lee movies and six Colin Farrell. Yeah, I have seven as well. Then Sam Neill, Close Second, Ed Harris, Viggo Morgenstein, Willem Dafoe, Keith David. Who's James Tolkien? James Tolkien. Apparently, oh, he's, he's the like Back to the Future. Yeah, he's the principal guy in Back to the Future. Yeah, he that's popped funny. up. He was in also in Eddie movies. Coyle and Wolfen. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, and Anthony Perkins at four. Yeah, that's unsurprising. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, what about directors? How'd we do on diversity um, on our directors? I did Yikes. very poorly. <laughs> very poorly. I have zero ladies in the top 20 directors, which I find biased because I know I watched a movie, at least two films with a lady director, like Agnes Varda, right? Didn't we watch a couple of hers? Mm, Vagabond and stuff? I think Vagabond might have been the only one this year. I thought we watched the Cleo or something. Uh, Maybe not. Anyway, I call... I don't know. Letterboxd's algorithms biased towards men. (laughs) But my top directors... Well, number one was John Waters. Me too. I'm happy with that. five films. Very happy with that. Then you got James Cameron. Wow, which if we had seen Avatar before the end of the year, yeah. uh, he would have been tied with John Waters. Wow. Um, so I have James Cameron, David Cronenberg, Peter Jackson, Sam Raimi, Steven Spielberg, David Fincher, Michael Mann, Edgar Wright, and Robert Zemeckis. Hmm. Jordan Peele was close. He was tied with three as well. So my only uh, people, I don't have any women on mine, sadly. Yeah. My only people of color are all Japanese uh, directors. I've mm. got Ishiro Honda, who did a lot of Godzilla-related yeah. stuff. Uh, Shusuke Kaneko. What did he do? Oh, more Godzilla stuff. He did uh, Gamera <laughs> 2, Gamera 3, and Godzilla, Mothra, and King Door, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I had watched Nope again, Jordan Peele would have been at the top. <laughs> and I also have Ujicha, who did Burning Buddha Man and Violence Voyager. Um, but yeah, otherwise it's all white dudes. Primarily <sighs> old white dudes. I did way better last year. The problem is all these white dudes have so many films and like all the lady directors only have like four max. Yeah, that's true. Unless you just keep rewatching them over and over again. It's true. It's true. Except for Agnes Varda. We could could get her in the top. I'm I'm down. That's one of my, we'll talk about resolutions in a minute. That's one of mine is again to finish that (laughs) box set. So if you want to work on that with me. It'll, we'll have like 20 Agnes Varda movies and it'll <laughs> blow the rest away. Um, anything interesting in your crew and studios stuff for you? I don't know. You? I want to know what is interesting. Um, I'm trying to look over Dean Cundy, cinematographer. Yeah, he's the most for me too. That's because he did Back to the Future and lots of other good Howard stuff. Howard Short, composer. Well, that's a given. <laughs> we watched Cronenberg and Lord of the Rings. That's an yeah. easy one. Um, writers, Stephen King, John Waters, James Cameron, Peter Jackson. And Bob Gale. Who's Bob Gale? Uh, I think he wrote the Back to the Future movies. Yep. Um, Kathleen Kennedy and Steven Spielberg are tied for producers. Yeah, that's not surprising. Who's Louis Desposito? Oh, he's a, a Marvel person. Mm. Um, and Kevin Feige, obviously. Other composers, Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah. Michael Common, Michael Giacchino, mm-hmm. and James Horner. Um, anyways. Uh, da, da, da. Wow, look at the studios. I've never looked at that before. Watched 25 from Universal this year. That's 27. interesting. Huh. Um, 
Okay. Uh, what else? Highs and lows. Highest average rating. It's probably the same for both. Everything of us. everywhere. Yep. Lowest average. The birds too. Lands end. Me too. Most popular. The Batman. Yep. Same for me. Most obscure. This is where I'm sure we'll have different ones. Dead by midnight. Why nope. to kill? Yeah, mine's the same too. <laughs> yeah, the I'm curious if it wasn't that one. What movie it that be. I worked on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, any other interesting? There's all the movies we watch. My world map is not great. They have a nice picture of the map and it fills in how many you've seen. I have like none from Africa and I barely have, any. I have from one South from America. South Africa. Oh, Fury Road. Did you re oh rewatch it? I did because I read that book. Oh yeah. We got New Zealand and Australia. I have a couple from South America, Chile and yeah, Uruguay Chile. and Paraguay. I wonder what those yeah, are actually. I have those two. It's uh, Miami Vice. Ugh. Weird. Is Paraguay. <laughs> Wolf House is. How do I not uh, have Chile. any from Russia? That seems weird. I have one, which is surprising that it's only one. Dark Waters. I don't know. China, I don't know. I don't know. Any other interesting countries on here? Nope. South Korea. No North Korea this year. One day. So, highly rated films we have yet to Wait, see. Wait, what movies from United Arab Emirates? Oh, what, Watcher. Oh. Weird. Anyways. Sorry. Um. I haven't heard of the only one on this list. Uh, probably after Sun, I still want to see. Oh, on the movies we missed. Yeah. Um, That's probably the only one I'm. Go burn them. The inside outtakes. Weird. That's a movie. Mm. I didn't see Banshees yet, so I probably will. You should. Um, Mars One. What is that? I don't know. Looks cool. But yeah, after Sun, I would like to see at some point. I think that is all our stats. So yeah. based on this, what type of resolutions should we make well, that we won't stick to? Yeah, we didn't <laughs> um we didn't post our or we didn't talk about our resolutions last year, our movie resolutions. I don't think we did on the podcast. But basically that's cuz they continue to be the same things again and again mm-hmm. cuz we keep failing to t- to do them. <laughs> I promise this year we're finishing the AFI list no matter what it takes. Yeah. <laughs> that is resolution number one. I have like eight films left. I just need to watch them and then I can never worry about this again. Yep. I have eight films left, I think, or so, and I didn't watch a single one this year. So yeah. that was a failure <laughs> across the board. Uh, one of my resolutions that I've continued to have is like to watch movies in all the box sets that I keep buying. I haven't finished any of them yet. I haven't finished my full core box set or the Agnes Varda. And I've, after since then, I've bought like four or five more. So I need to watch a lot of box set movies. Yeah. I think we should go to more film festivals this year. Yeah. I'm that totally would be down. a good resolution. Yeah. What, uh, which ones are you most interested in? I don't know. I don't know if I want to like stay in Georgia or go somewhere else. I really want to go to the Stanley um, Overlook. No, the uh, Tarantino Beverly Cinema. Oh, the new Beverly? Not It doesn't have to be a festival, I guess. It could be just like a marathon or yeah, something. Yeah, they do a lot of cool stuff. But they play so many cool old movies. I'd like to go to one of those uh, 24-hour mar- movie mar- or overnight Blob, ones. Blobfest. Like, well, Blobfest is not an overnight one. Oh. But yeah, Blobfest would be fun. But um, Exhumed Film Festival is like one of the big ones they do. All It's like an all-night one. Yeah. Uh, where you don't know what the movies are going to be and stuff. So that seems like a lot of fun. Um, or uh, Salem Film Festival always sounds like a lot of fun. Could be. Overlook. 
Fantastic Fest. Fantastic, Fantastic Fest is, like Fest the is one, up our alley. That's, yeah, that's where it seems like all the movies I'm always excited about for the year, that's where they yeah. tend to premiere is Fantastic Fest, all the horror movies and stuff. Is that New Orleans? No, um, it's Austin, of, isn't it? What's the one in New Orleans that's like horror related? I don't know. They just, and like Super Yaki had special shirts made for it. Was that the Overlook one? Maybe. I know they moved it. Yeah, I think it's in New Orleans now. Um, yeah, Fantastic Fest is in Austin. It's Alamo's. It's the, Alamo Draft House's festival. So the Overlook Film Festival is in New Orleans in March through April. Yeah, that'd be fun. And it's all things horror. Four day celebration of horror. Maybe we'd get to meet our love, Elijah Wood. There. Mm. <laughs> well, why Elijah Wood? <laughs> I don't know. Because he's involved in horror movies. Yeah, true. <laughs> anyway, I also want to watch more lady directors. No kidding. I'm determined to have better stats next year because these ones are abysmal. Yeah, it's a shame. Any other resolutions? Uh, the only other one I had on here is that we probably should watch Jean Dillman. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah. It's the new number one movie of all time according to BFI. We've never seen it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the plaza is doing like a two day thing where they're showing it. We're like, I don't know if I want to go see. <laughs> I'd rather watch it at home. <laughs> a three hour movie about a lady like cooking dinner. Yeah. Uh, at a movie theater. And I think I'd rather watch it at home. Same. I agree. Um, but for the coming year, we've got some interesting episode ideas, right? Oh, yeah. Do you want to uh, throw out a couple of things that we, we're going to be doing, hopefully? Uh, we have a couple of franchises we're we're considering Planet of the Apes, Living Dead franchise. Mm-hmm. There's some uh, there's some anniversaries coming up, so yeah. there's reasons to do that. And Harper's birthday extravaganza. I've got some. I've got a fun idea for some stuff to do on my, the February episode for my yeah. B day. Well, I think we'll probably do a Mother's Day episode in May since we did a Father's Day episode this year in June. Is it going to be like Mommy Dearest and? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, we did. Mother We and did our favorite, our favorite movie dads. So we could yeah. do our favorite movie moms. Our scary movie moms. We could also do a segment where we, uh, the one I've been, we've been talking about doing for years where we watch Inception with my mom <laughs> and then interview her on the air to ask her about yeah. things that happened in Inception. Tell us more. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we have a couple ideas for the coming year, but yeah, our next January episode is going to be on our favorite discoveries from this past year. So we yeah. have, we're not leaving 2022 quite yet. Uh, we'll be talking about our favorite movie discoveries, which are like older movies that we saw for the first time that we really loved. Yep. So that's coming to your inboxes soon. But otherwise, I guess that's the end of 2022 spliced together. Yeah. We did it. We did it. Aww. What are you looking for? I thought we had eggs still. No. No, no candy no, meat. No, 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 do I even know what we did this year? I'm looking. I really back. enjoyed John Waters. I did that too. That was fun. The John Waters and the Heist episodes both turned out to be a lot of fun. Yeah, Heist me. was good. John Waters was good. I always like our Criterion. Yeah, that was channel. a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Hooptober's we, a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. Hooptober's awesome, even though it is a little draining. Yeah, we did animated movies. We did the Cornetto trilogy. 
we did a movie, an episode about our anniversary. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty fun. I think we played like a newlyweds game. <laughs> we did Father's Day, Back to the Future, John Waters, Heist Movies, The Psycho Franchise, and Criterion Corner. Not bad. Go yeah. us. It's a pretty good, uh, pretty good set of I want to uh, do episodes. 90s crime. Well, soon. that was supposed to be your birthday. <sighs> Things happened. We got a little busy. Stuff got rearranged. One day we'll One do, day we'll be ahead of this one day and not Michelle, scrambling. So we'll do an episode all about kiss the girls and along came a spider. A negotiator. Negotiator. <laughs> so the Kevin Spacey is like in all of them. So he just that ruins is true. it. That is like, true. Like, oh, get out of here, Kevin Spacey. Very true. He's all over those. Seven. He's in that too. Mm-hmm. Damn it. <laughs> but anyways, we have uh, we had a good year of podcasting and we're going to have a really fun year of, of upcoming episodes hopefully so um or else yeah <laughs> this is the year we're gonna get ahead of recording and actually get yeah so we're not super stressed about getting some recorded at the last minute hopefully we'll we see. did it we'll see <laughs> nothing can stop us not even grad school <laughs> <laughs> we'll see all right so is that it that's it that's it for this episode but don't oh we also might be starting an instagram Oh, yeah. Keep an eye out. Keep thinking about it because we have so much cool pictures and physical media we could be sharing. Yeah, we've been talking about sharing some pictures of our favorite DVDs. So that might happen. It might. Movie screenings and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Like, you could have stolen it. Yeah. Let's find out. Our Silent Night, Deadly Night uh, story could have been a part of your stories. (laughs) Anyway. Nobody has that handle Yay! yet. Yay! We'll probably Except need we to get it. we just said it on here, this episode, so somebody's going to steal it. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> so that's it for this episode. But don't forget, you can always see a list of all the movies we talked about on our letterbox. You can also follow us on Twitter at Splice Podcast and eventually maybe Instagram. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you watched this month, if you had any cool stats, and we'll see you soon on another episode of... Splice together. together. Wait, I want to say like a robot. Splice together.